0: Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to
1: expect.
0: All you need
1: to know is that the name of the show is Blank Jack.
2: I'm the president of the United States of America, clothed in immense podcast. Griffin isn't trying to get this right for 10 minutes, folks That was my 20th attempt (laughs) So would have fired you Wasn't it so much easier Do you feel like Liam Neeson, you want to fire yourself? Yes, I want to fire myself Wasn't it so much easier when everyone disagreed that Abraham Lincoln talked like this Right, I'm the president I'm the president Slavery is bad And then now we know it's wrong I am immense power I'm the president Look, now, now, now I can't do it Now, 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 now I can't do it either The blood on our hands I can't do it I can't do it. Hi, everybody. My name is Griffin and I can't do it. My name's David Sims and I can't do it either, but I didn't really try. (laughs) We are capable of doing one thing and that's hashtag being the two friends. We're also capable of doing another thing, which is hosting the podcast Blank Check. Blank Check with Griffin and David. Right. Lest you forget. Clothed in immense power. Yes. Uh, This is a podcast about directors, filmographies, people who Mm. have massive success early on and are given a series of blank checks by Hollywood. Uh, to to test out their limits, the creative limits. Okay, I'm trying variations here. Uh, sometimes those checks clear. They do. Sometimes they do. Sometimes the checks clear. Often. Sometimes they bounce, baby. Also often. Uh, but we are going through uh, the filmography of Steven Spielberg, one film at a time. We're nearing the end of our mini series. Pod me if you cast. Pod me if you cast. And it's, it's only the films that Spielberg made after he founded DreamWorks. Yes. That's right, and this is we're we're coming up on the the last his, dying breaths of DreamWorks. Yes, one of his biggest hits, though. Yeah, weirdly, for sure, uh, big hit. I mean, uh, like, greatly outgrossed a lot of on-paper more commercial accessible movies. True, it's
3: interesting. It is interesting. I well, mean, I would say, like, in on the one hand, like, of course, Lincoln's uh, seems like a box office gimme. You know, yeah, Stevie Spielberg, sure. Oscar winner. Famous president, like yeah. that's the kind of movie you imagine does well in the '90s, uh-huh. be a big hit. But in 2012, you might not, you might not be so sure,
2: right? Well, yes. And uh, Spielberg uh, started uh, developing a Abraham Lincoln film in 1999, a long time ago. He was working with uh, uh, Doris uh, Kearns Goodwin. Is that her name? Yes. yes. And she said, like, "Hey, I'm working on a Lincoln book." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "What's the deal with Lincoln?" She started telling him stuff, and he was like. Cool dude. Into it. Want to make a flick about him. Mm-hmm. And for years and years, a series of different screenwriters come through the doors. I think, uh, was Eric Roth working on it for a while? John Logan. John Logan, right. Uh, and his version was mostly about uh, Lincoln's relationship with Frederick Douglass. Yes. I think it was kind of a two-hander.
3: Yes. Paul Webb, a playwright, uh-huh. took a big pass. Uh, and they set that up. And they had Neeson. Liam Neeson was going to do Neeson it. ready, and that was in about 05, 06. Mm-hmm. And then Spielberg decided he didn't like the script, and so forget it. And that script was more of a classic biopic that was- Span the life. Link, well, at least the whole presidency. Sure. You know, like Lincoln, the president. Right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Stevie had just worked with a a little nobody by the name of Tony Kushner, well, mm-hmm. little Pulitzer Prize winning nobody, yeah, uh, on the film Munich. And he said, "Hey right. Tony, that's is- their first collaboration, right?" I mean, yeah. Hey Tony, what do you? This is how Steven Spielberg yeah. talks, but we haven't done his uh, accent yet on
2: no. the show. But hey Tony, what do you think, uh, Lincoln? Yeah, this is how Spielberg talks. Now, 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 I want that draft now. And Tony Kushner's like, "Oh
3: yeah, yeah, Lincoln, he's a good guy. Let me, uh, I'll take a look." Yeah. Yeah, no, he's good.
2: Kushner stopped unloading those boxes down at the docks and took a pass at, at the Lincoln story. Lincoln, yeah, I knew that guy. And he said that he knew almost nothing about Lincoln but knew that he really liked him. And so he wanted to try to figure out what it was that made him feel such a fan for a man that he knew very little about other than the very obvious accomplishments, right?
3: So Kushner buries himself in in Lincoln material. For years, just reads like every fucking book on Lincoln. And uh, yeah, in 2008, he joked that he was on his 967,000th book about Abraham Lincoln. Right. And he submits a 500-page draft. Mm-hmm which, to be clear, would be a film that was about eight or nine hours long if, mm-hmm. if just put to page, you know, page to screen.
2: And this is, so this time between like 2006 and 2011 where the film finally gets uh, rolling, um, there were this these sort of series of legendary table reads. Like once a year or maybe, you know, twice a year, Spielberg would sort of send out the beacon and you'd get this crazy ensemble cast of like 40 or 50 great actors, right? Um, obviously Neeson and Sally Field, but then, like, I know at one point, uh, Alden Ehrenrich was reading the Joseph Gordon-Levitt part. Sure. I know, like, Maria Bamford has talked about the fact that she was called in to play, like, all the sort of small female roles.
3: Oh, hello, I'm, you know, the, the maid.
2: I don't, yeah, okay. But there'd be these weird calls. Maria Bamford impression? There'd be guess. these, yeah, it sounds a lot like <laughs> oh, D.A. Lewis's Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's Not what Maria Bamford no. sounds like. She sounds like yeah, this. she's good. This
3: she's,
2: I don't. That's not good either. I don't. Know, I fucked up. Okay. I'm never Maybe gonna get on Mad TV. Netflix. Um, she uh, it just said like she got the call out of nowhere, and sure. and like that would just happen. People would be like, "Do you want to read a part in Lincoln?" They'd be like, "Oh my god, holy shit!" They'd read it and they'd be like, "Does this mean I'm gonna get cast in the movie?" And then nothing would happen for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, it just go on and on and on. And then 2009, uh, very shortly after. Natasha Richardson. It's in 2010. July 2010.
3: Sorry. Natasha Richardson, his wife, Liam Neeson's wife, had died. A year earlier. Sadly. And in he had very also. a tragic freak accident.
2: Also a year earlier had this crazy career revival with Taken. Yep. Suddenly he's Mr. Taken. He's in a weird space because on one hand, he's the most bankable he's ever been and he's now like an action leading man. On the other hand, he's going through a devastating emotional heartbreak. Right. And he's said since then that he dealt with it by working as much as he could. Um. Right. Yes. He just sort of
3: took any project that was thrown at him.
2: Right. But I think there's a difference between like being like, F- "Fuck it, I'm gonna do uh uh unstoppable." Right. What's I'll it do called? That no, not non-stop. unstoppable. Nonstop. Nonstop. Nonstoppable. Um. There's a difference. Don't between, worry about it, Ben. Yep. Yeah, don't worry about producer Ben. Ben Deucer, poet laureate, Mr. Positive, the Haws, Mr. Positive, birthday Benny, the tiebreaker, third bite Benny. Soaking wet Benny, white hot Benny. Soaking wet Benny. The fart yeah. detective, the meat lover. <laughs> and this episode's very personal for you because you are, of course, we know a close personal friend of Dan Lewis. Absolutely. You're also the peeper. Yeah. You see you in the sheets, call you the fuck master. Yeah. You see you on the streets, you should wish you a hello, Fennel. Do not. Oh, true. Don't. Do not call him Professor Crispy. No. Man, yeah, you can if you want. Oh, no, don't no. do it. David, David, don't do it. Now, now, now. No. I stand by that. You're being a rebel rouser here, yeah. okay? He has, of course, graduated. I'm a graduated. radical on yeah, this podcast. You're the Thaddeus Stevens of this episode. Exactly. Uh, he has, of course, graduated certain tales over the course of different series, such as Producer Ben, Kenobi, Kylo Ben, uh, Ben Ithomlan, Ben's Eight. Uh, 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 I like to
0: see David going
3: through this. Save emotions. anything. I'm yeah. in the room with this. So Ali with a dollar sign. Yeah, good, great. oh uh, Hey, I'm working. here. We're going to need a, a Spielberg name for you soon, Ben. We should That's start
0: true. About yeah. It. What are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know what stands out to me.
2: Yeah. We'll have to think through it.
3: Mm. We'll have Just taking a brief sort of glance at the the films we've covered. Catch
2: Me If You Ben? Mm, you know, we already did. Probably I know. If you cast.
3: Yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah. Saving Private Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Rybin, character in Saving Private Ryan, a great character. Ed Burns' character. One of the one of Brooklyn the boy? one of the top twenty characters in Saving Private Ryan, probably. I'd
2: say probably unquestionably for me one of the top twenty characters that Ed Burns has ever played. <laughs> I think it might be the best character Ed Burns has ever played. That is a much worse list. Uh, what about that McMullen fuck? <laughs> yeah, Brother McMullen, motherfucker, yeah, right? Uh, uh, Neeson, you know, was throwing himself into action films, but I think to throw himself into a project that was this demanding. He
3: claims. He, he says no. He says he fired himself. He just thought it was too. He was too old, and it was ridiculous for him to play Abraham.
2: Lincoln. He's at this table. Reed, he says it's like a lightning bolt moment. He goes, "I can't do it." And everyone goes, "Oh fuck! The movie's not going to happen now." It already was stretched out over so many years. Who do they get to re- replace Liam Neeson? And Stevie throws a hail mary pass. A man he had previously corresponded with about playing the role, and every time he had gone, immense honor. Thank you for thinking of me. Can't do it. Not, not going to do it. Yeah, I don't think he. Uh, he said it was
3: preposterous.
2: Right. A, Spielberg makes one final plea a handwritten letter and Del De Lewis finally I'm
0: sorry actually no that's not the full story. Okay,
2: Ben as uh, what happened with your friend? Ben? I
0: I got a call from Stephen. Okay. And I said all right i'll I'll put in a call to Dan. I called Dan I said, Dan, check it out. listen, I know you're We're worried about bit. playing a presidential ca- you know like important figure in American <laughs> history. I mean, I get it it's he's tough. an Irishman, yeah. you're an Irish guy, you're representing this huge figure and really world history, right? yes, 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 it's a lot of it's a lot to put on your shoulders, but baby, you're Dan Lewis, and I pepped him up, and he did it
3: um this used to be a no bits podcast. I just want to get that on the yeah. record. Yeah. Well, so. thank you, Ben. Well, I'm not. For I mean, your service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no bits. Come on. Uh, it's we, just, you know, this used to be a no bits oh, podcast.
1: Oh,
0: you're right, though. Yeah. Since we've revisited the best of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've sort of brought that back, huh?
2: Let Let's say. I mean, the show used to be um, a lot more serious than it is now. Right. And I think it might be time to buckle down and and get a little more. focused. Uh, question a little though. More, yeah. Question
0: yeah. though. Lock the gates. That sort of. Oh, seems we haven't like, done that in a that while. That seems like
3: a bit. That's a great bit. We should do it right now. Lock, Lock the, the gates. Gate. Now, now, now. <laughs> Clothed in immense <laughs> gates. I don't know. Locked in immense <laughs> gates. All well,
0: right. This is seriously still no bits,
3: okay? No bits. All right, enough. Um. Uh, so Dan, Dan Daniel Lewis, Lewis says is yes. like, yeah, sure. I guess he hadn't made a movie since 9. Right. Maybe he's thinking like, Ugh, I don't want 9
2: to be the last movie I made. Because there's always this thing when Daniel Day-Lewis makes a movie where it's like, maybe he just doesn't make a movie ever again. Like, it's nine, always possible. More like 4. Yeah. <laughs> best. I think that's even general. Yeah. Generous. I think I'd give it a 3. I just think Daniel Day-Lewis would give it a 4. Yes. He was in it. Yeah. Um. um but Nine's I, also, I know we've been talking about 9 a lot recently for whatever nine, nine, reason. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nine was also an example of, it was developed for years as Javier Bardem, and then Javier Bardem sure. dropped out, and they were like, why make it if you can't get Javier Bardem? Who would be a better choice than Javier Bardem? And then they were like, Daniel Day-Lewis, everyone was like, oh shit, hey, this one hey. just got real. Yeah. And then everyone saw it, and they were like, this was a bad idea.
3: Daniel Day-Lewis is undoubtedly... The number one actor who, if he's in a movie, you are interested in it as if a famous director is making it.: You a take movie. it seriously. It's like, oh, Daniel Day-Lewis wants to do something. Right. He hasn't made a movie since Lincoln. He is mm-hmm. now making a movie again with Paul Thomas Anderson, who right. directed him in There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, five years ago, Lincoln, that was his last performance. Well, takes it easy.
2: It was even like surprising at the time that Nine came only 2 years after or 3 years Nine after. Nine is the weirdest thing in the world. Right. He
3: worked with a bad director to make a part to be in a party was all wrong for right. like
2: in a musical which
3: no one really figured him for. It, that's the only I mean no, he's made other decisions that are a bit of a head scratcher. Scratch my head. Sure. Uh but uh that that was a real head scratcher.
2: Well, I'll tell you I I fell on a weird YouTube rabbit hole of watching nine clips the other night because I was just like, wait, he was in a fucking musical. um, And everyone makes fun of, like, oh, the the Day-Lewis process, how DP immerses himself, you know? He goes off into the wilderness and whatever. Yeah. But, like, you look at something like Lincoln and it's like, okay, he spent some time, like, thinking about that character yeah, and building no, he,
3: it. he ran for office. Right. And then he held a series of debates around the country. Yeah. With, uh, no, go ahead.
2: You look at nine and you look at how shortly it came after there will be blood. mm mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, maybe he does need that many years to like. Maybe
3: he just needs four or five years to yeah. just spool up, you know. Because yeah. you
2: watch Nine and you're like, that character's not totally maybe big. Maybe he
3: just wanted out a Daniel Plainview. Yeah. Well, the other thing is in Nine he's playing a, a musical character that yeah. had been originated by um, Raul, Raul Julia, Julia and, and then was played, played by ben on Daris. Broadway by Banderas, yeah. which I saw on stage and he was wonderful. Um, so he wasn't playing like his character that he no. could like create from the ground up. No. But maybe that, I don't know. I mean, also, it's just kind of a crappy movie. Rob Marshall's kind of a crappy director. He is buddies with Steven Spielberg, though, so maybe yeah. Maybe that was part of why Spielberg got him on board for Lincoln.
2: And I will say this, too. Daniel lewis does have a nice singing voice. Uh, perfectly fine. I think he looks uncomfortable in those musical numbers, but I actually think he has a quite uh, lovely voice. I, th- I think he just was like, maybe I should just sing. Like,
3: you know? La la la. You think he was just in the shower I one think day? He, yeah. And then and was like- going,
2: no, no. And then he went, no! no. He's like, wait a second. No. I gotta share this with the people. All right. Lincoln in a shot Linky. in 2011. Linky. It comes out in 2012. They bring
3: back... Sally Field. Yeah. Sally Field basically like stood outside Steven Spielberg's house being like, I will be playing Mary Todd Lincoln and you're not going to stop me. Well,
2: because she was the right age at the time they started developing the project. Right.
3: in the Yeah. Because she's too old for the yes. role now, which is pretty rare that you have an actress who is too old for a role.
2: Yeah. And she's like, I've been living with this character for like, you know, fucking like seven, eight years. Right. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to gain the weight. She is 11 years older than Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, they make it fucking work. And, no, I think they do. Yeah, and then they add a fucking murderer's row of actors. The cast in this movie is insane. Look, Every scene. I mean,
3: he's been doing it before, but this,
2: yeah, yeah this cast. is This is, is the terrific. one where you're like, wait, Walton Goggins is being introduced this late? Well, it's just because it's a a it's a show. It's a movie about a yeah.
3: uh, congressman and yeah. various like civil servants, secretaries of. State and war- that you can just have, you know, Spielberg can just be
2: like, "Hey, Walton, you ever wanted to be you know, in a Steven Spielberg movie? I got right. two scenes for you." You know, right? Like, show up. Yes. Well, a, I mean, you know, honored to work with him. B, I think honored to work with Dante Lewis. Like everyone wants to see that guy working up close. Um, there are a million characters within the story naturally, but also um, because it's Kushner and it's such a verbose movie. The thing
3: is, Mary Todd Lincoln was nine years older than Abraham Lincoln. Really? Yes. So it does make sense. Does make sense. But, want to get that on the record. Okay.
2: Wow. Yeah. Um,
3: I was and gonna I say. Knew, I think I knew that. It was like an. Un- it was seen as an unusual match at the time, and it's part of the reason a lot of people think Abraham Lincoln was gay. Yes. And hence log cabin Republican, because Abraham Lincoln was born in a log cabin. That's all scurrilous, but that is where they came up with the idea.
2: Yes. Um, what you, I was. You're,
3: you're with me, Benny. Yeah.
2: What, what cool. I was going to say is. That because this is a Kushner script and it has such a love of language, even if you're a day player in this movie, it's not like your part's like, "Hey, uh, Mr. Lincoln, call for you." Like anyone who has one line in this movie is such an exquisitely written piece of language that it's like, even if you're only working you're, a day, you're just like, hmm. you're gonna get to dig in, right? It's like you're being given a nice paté, right? It's,
0: it's like driver's part in the film yes like he stands out and you he's know,
3: memorable exactly. and it's like a small small little like, thing dialogue. why yeah. wouldn't you do that one right. scene you get yeah, to act course.
2: with nilday lewis you get to be directed by steven spielberg and your dialogue is interesting what if you're
3: adam driver and it's like the call you like you want to be a telegraph operator he's like nope abraham right. lincoln only <laughs> <laughs> i am offer only for presidents but you hear <laughs> i have to have my shirt off <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll play andrew johnson his vice president who became president
2: that counts yeah uh, i'll play the president of the confederacy Andrew Johnson, completely absent from this movie. Yeah, yeah, There was a rumor for a long time that Harrison Ford was playing Andrew Johnson. Even, like, before the film was released, after it had been shot, they were like, they're keeping it secret, but Ford's in the movie as... Interesting. Strange, strange idea. Would have been exciting, though, if he showed up and was, like, uh, in Fuck a real you, movie. Yeah. Eh, you
0: know, Andrew yeah. Johnson, though... He's an asshole. He's kind yeah. of, yeah,
2: yeah. He's kind but, of uh. Yeah. Listen, Lincoln. And, and
3: also, Andrew Johnson was, like, a real... Southern gentleman, like real Southern. And I, mean, I don't really buy Harrison Ford as like a real Southern dude. True. Uh, famously got
2: drunk at his inauguration, Andrew Johnson. And oh, like I thought had, you meant Harrison Ford. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's not the president yet. Do you want to hear my impression of uh, Harrison Ford doing a Southern accent just because you said you sure. think he can't do sure. it?
0: Goes a little something like this. Goes a little
2: something like this. <laughs> Get off my fan boat. That was not worth one second of anyone's time. That was great. Thank you, Ben. I'm giving it two comedy points. Sure, two. Okay, I I can buy two. Um, But Kushner makes this, you know, as he's developing the script, he goes like, what if I only focus on the last... Four months right. of Lincoln. Well, life. I
3: think right Kushner sends this five hundred page script. Right. Spielberg's like, look, a lot of good stuff here. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to make an eight hour movie as much as that might be fun. Right. Uh, maybe he should have. I don't know. Uh, in my opinion, he should make a sequel to this movie. I think I tweeted this, starring Jared Harris as Ulysses Grant. I, agree. I would love to see that movie. Jared Harris in three scenes. That's he is uh, arresting.
2: Well, you know, Jared Harris has talked about this a lot. <laughs> but like, it just independently, he's just like, let's do it, Steve. Not Spielberg doing it, but he. I think he was on. He locked the gates with Mark Marin. And in his WTF episode, Jared Harris, like, um, Marin was like, oh, you had a small part in Lincoln. You played Grant. That must have been exciting, right? And he was like, I did a lot of research. I, I took like, that seriously. Uh, yes, I uh, yeah. was
3: in uh, Lincoln. I'm That's sort a- of doing a decent
2: job. Ge- mm, uh, yes, uh, I'll say this. I, I don't know if it's going to play if you can only hear the voice, but the face and the body language you're doing right now is so Jared Harris. Uh, uh, he's pretty good in Allied. Yeah, he's such a good
3: actor. Uh, oh, i Oscar nominee. This is our first
2: podcast after the Oscar nomination. Yeah, should have gotten more. Mm, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. Also, very good in uh, certain women.
3: Uh, great. In His certain last in women. certain women. Great in certain it's women. Phenomenal. And a great example of Jared Harris. He can do any accent. Yep. You know, just you know, he'll play anyone. So and, of course he can play
2: President Grant. Um, yes, he's said that he really uh, is fascinated by President Grant as a man. And is very desperate to try to play him again. He wants to. He's not going like, oh, I'm calling up Steven every day. He's not pulling like a Tom Arnold True Lies 2 where he's like begging the director to bring him back. But he has talked no, about no. that he would like to play that character in full. I'm all for it. Me
3: too. All for it. Um, Jared Harris is, how old is he,
2: 55? Yeah. Grant died. He was in the 60s. So Great. like, We got time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they focus up the script. They decide to make it uh, mostly about the 13th Amendment. Mm-hmm. They make it about, right, right after his reelection in
3: 1865, yeah. uh, his, the three months spent on passing the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, right. before the war ended. They right. sort of race against time to get it through before the war ended so that when the South rejoined... They, you know, it would be the law of the, it would be in the Constitution and they wouldn't right. be able to do anything about
2: it, which is uh, that period of time is contained within the last four months of his life. Right. And then he, then he went
3: and got himself shut.
2: Yeah. He went and uh, saw a play. If you catch my drift, I don't catch your. drift. Much like, uh, you know, Fidel Castro uh, saw a play last year. You're saying Fidel Castro was assassinated by a disgruntled actor? No, I'm using Saw a Play as... Just to he mean died. Death, yeah. I see. Yeah. All right. He was actually
0: one of the, yeah. like, lead, or, like, the best actors of the time. Right, right. It would, it
2: would be
3: like... It wasn't like Tom Cruise, but it would be like if, like, Michael Shannon shot you or something. Like, like, like a very Harris. respected yeah. actor. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah. Jared Harris. Yeah. Was just like, I've had enough of you, Abraham
2: Lincoln! Well, do the Jared Harris impression.
3: Oh. <laughs> 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 it's just sort of this groan. <laughs> <laughs> What was the first thing? I guess the first thing I saw him in was when he played John Lennon way back Oh, in uh, Backbeat? Backbeat, yeah. yeah. That's like from man. the 90s. He's been around for, he's yeah. in Dead Man, and I'd love and have seen Dead Man, but yeah. I don't remember him in it.
2: He was trucking around for years and years and years. Uh, Anyhow. The movie anyhow. we're talking about today is Lincoln, the film that they ended up making. No, it's it was, called Two of Us. Backbeat's a different one. right? Oh, right. Yeah. He Two did of the, of one the one that was, was him and in. Okay, thank you.
3: Backbeat is with Ian Hart, I think. Yes, and uh, Steven Dorff. Ooh,
2: Ian Hart is also a very good, very underrated
3: actor. Ian Hart's an excellent actor who yeah. doesn't seem to
2: want to do a lot of acting. No, he was. Uh, he he was, was a lot of TV. And he was in the pilot of Vinyl, mm-hmm. and he. I did not recognize him. I. I just. I didn't put together that it was him. And he was like fucking phenomenal to watch work. So why
3: wasn't he in the rest of Vinyl?
2: Uh, I don't know. Great. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But lovely guy. Fucking unbelievable actor. Um. All right, Lincoln. Can I throw up my first complaint about this movie? You have a complaint? I oh, do. This
3: is a great movie.
2: I have two Too com- good? I have two complaints about this movie. Ah, I know, it is too good. Yeah. I have two complaints about this movie, and they're not major. And True. one of them might be really fucking petty. Okay. That you're not in
3: it? I'm sorry,
2: Griffin. I auditioned to play Lincoln.
3: <laughs> to play Lincoln? <laughs> when Neeson <laughs> dropped out. <laughs> they were just sweating Day-Lewis, though. I sent them a like, self-tape. Look, we'd like you to play Lincoln. We have this guy. We got a good guy. He's an unknown, Griffin okay. Newman. But now, now, we... <laughs> now.
2: Go ahead. What is said, your, you know, what... Griffin Newman, who played the third lead in Beware the Gonzo. All right. What was your, what, what is your complaint? My complaint is, people talk about this movie as if it's a biopic. I would argue this is not a biopic. Okay. I would argue that this movie is a film about the passing of the 13th Amendment, in which Abraham Lincoln is it's the It's a historical character. drama. Right. In right. the same way that, like, Selma is not a Martin Luther King Sure, fine. Film. Fair enough.
3: It's more of a 13th Amendment passage biopic right. than it is, I mean, a classic biopic, of course, would be, like, you open on a log cabin. Sure. And they give birth, and they're like, oh, very presidential-looking baby, or right. whatever. You know, right,
2: right. Like <laughs> he comes thing. out, and they put a stovepipe out on him. Right. Like, Selma is a movie about the Selma marches in which the lead character is Martin right. Luther King. Yes. Junior. Um, super fucking petty. What? But it irks me, then, that the movie is called Lincoln. That is very petty. I prefaced it by saying it was. That
3: is a stupid... Ben, will you just lean in right now and say that that's a really stupid opinion?
0: Um, That's a, that's
2: a stupid
3: opinion. You gotta I, market a movie. I mean, Jesus. I'll give you that.
2: I'll give you that, but... Come on. But I would call it Lincoln... Versus the 13th Amendment. Nice. And he was in favor of it. He was. Fi- That's the twist.
3: Mm, they team a, up. It's an
2: early twist it's in like, that movie. It's like X2, X-Men United. Uh-huh. Magneto and Wolverine have to work together.
3: It's not really a twist in X2. It's more of like a, a plot element yeah. that is then discarded. They have or, to you know.
2: beat Stryker.
3: <laughs>
0: what, what was that? Uh, it could be like Lincoln's Last Days. That's
3: sure. It could be a terrible... god. That sounds like a Gus Van Sant movie. Well, that's what I was trying, yeah. <laughs> it's like just Lincoln <laughs> last in bed, just Lincoln. being like, oh, I don't know what to do with myself.
2: There's Well, there's the, the John Ford, Henry Fonda movie, Young Mr. Lincoln. Young Mr. Lincoln, but that is explicitly
3: about him as a young man, right. kind of like how Barry is about only young Barack Obama or whatever.
2: Right, when, yeah, before he changes his name to Barack. Yeah. Um, they uh they could have called this movie the old Mr. Lincoln or the as as old as he was ever gonna get Mr. Lincoln. They called this movie
3: Lincoln wisely. Okay, what's your second complaint? It better be better than that one. Yes, it is. Uh huh.
2: But it's uh it's on that same path. Is
3: it that they shouldn't have done the last yeah. scenes? Well, I yeah. think I agree with that. I think you guys would all agree with that that yeah. that's for sure.
2: I think the movie should end ten minutes earlier, Look. and I think there are a couple other little moments across the way of the film that I'll get to when I get to them, where I feel like it is making sort of biopic. Gestures, I think that's the only
3: major one, and I do think it's an error. Mm -hmm. Spielberg makes the same error in *Bridge of Spies*. It's a much more minor error, yeah. Where it's like, "Yo, why this last scene? You, you, you literally edited the film with an ending. Yes, like the film literally ends, and then it cuts to a new scene. Like it fades. You know, you're like, "Good, It's the most satisfying dramatic payoff (laughs) that the
2: movie could have. It's the thing the whole movie. We'll get to that in *Bridge of of Spies*, obviously. And boy, I can't wait. Oh.
0: Have we been Fantastic. tracking this, though, with Steven throughout the miniseries? Yes, it yeah. is a because common I complaint. I feel like it's yes.
2: been coming
3: up yes. with a lot of the recent episodes. It's a common complaint, yeah. uh, especially the one-two punch of A.I. and Minority Report. The The common complaint about those movies became, like, ah, too many endings. Like, even though I would dispute maybe right. some of those. Some
2: of those films. And I think Munich people complain about the sex scene at the end. Very yep. often it's, like, <laughs> the last. Munich has the sex Oof. scene and
3: then <laughs> the scene where Jeffrey Rush, like, right. approaches him and is, like. Right, right. So good job, right? And he was like, "No, I didn't like it." And we're like, "Yeah, well, we got that already, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know." Like, and it's a not a bad scene, yeah. but
2: you're you're just kind of like, "We know, we get it." Well, and I feel like people used to have that complaint about Catching If You Can too. I mean, the yeah, thing If is, You Can as well it has too many endings. I feel like every, it does. I feel like every Spielberg movie we've covered has had that complaint, essentially. Maybe save for Tintin. It's just but, I think but, it's and, partly a yes. problem of being. Steven Spielberg, I agree. Not
3: a ton of people are gonna say no to you. Yeah. Maybe if you're a slightly less well known director, someone will be like,
2: honestly, like yeah. let's end it right here. Right. Well, whatever. And I think with time and distance, some of those movies have been and the endings have been reevaluated and they go, Oh, actually the ending isn't what it seems AI to be. Yeah, minority report, right.
3: I would say, are the, the best ones. Right. In that. Yeah.
2: But I think it also falls into, you know, this thing we've been talking about is this whole period of Spielberg's career, right? Like post Schindler's list. He starts his own studio. He has this money. Yeah. He's gotten taken seriously as an adult director, right? He's gotten out of his like big boy popcorn. Director. Yes. Let's, um, use the, let's use the. He's a big term. boy director. Yeah, he's a big boy director. Um, he starts making these movies that exist in moral shades of gray. Absolutely. About unanswerable questions. Absolutely. All the movies are about that, right? Really, I mean, pretty much every movie in this miniseries. series. And
3: this is the beginning of what I would call Spielberg's Constitution phase.
2: Yes. Yes. And it's also he becomes <laughs> a real classicist. I mean, he starts going like, I want to make fucking. John Ford, Capra, Absolutely. Howard Hawks movies. Yes, I want to make Capra movies, yeah. Right, you know?
3: But but with a little more, maybe a little more sort of like, of a questioning, like, you know, yeah. like shades of gray kind of element to them. Like maybe right. a little more of a melancholy tone. But at the time that everyone
2: is starting to, like the Amblin homage era is starting to really ramp up, right? Like Super 8. People are making think, Super 8. Comes out the same year as this or the year before? Uh, it's either 11 or 12. I think it's 11, but I yeah. can look it up. Uh,
3: Super 8 Motel, Super 8 2011. Okay, so, you know. Yeah, that, And then Spielberg uh, produces that. Yes. You know, it's not like that's just a ripoff of him. Spielberg is assisting in the making of a sort of 21st century E.T.
2: But that kick starts this thing of people going like, I want to make movies that feel like those old Amblin movies. And people keep on talking about that in interviews, right? There's right. that, which is like very explicitly an Amblin homage. And same thing with fucking Stranger Things. But there are other things in between where like, uh, fucking Sean Levy's real steel, which Spielberg produces as well. He was like, I just wanted to make something that felt like, you know, all these weird fucking things. Sean Levy now an Oscar nominee. Yep. for producing Arrival. Hey
3: man. Yeah, good job producing that good movie. And he
2: also produced Stranger Things. He's he's in this phase where he wants. to produce Sean Levy's other actually people's life.
3: a decent producer. He actually yeah. makes a lot of interesting stuff.
2: I think he is. I didn't like Stranger Things. Uh, I think he has good taste in selecting projects for other people to make. Yeah. Anyhow, he's a mediocre director. Uh, the point is, uh. Spielberg is getting further and further away from the thing that people are trying to uh, homage him for doing. And I feel like he gets stuck in this rub where people are like, oh, it's another one of those Spielberg movies. It's going to be like fucking homework. Like, I feel like there were a lot of people with this and yeah, with Bridges Spies.
3: A, Oh, Yeah, some people take these movies as like broccoli movies, right? Yeah, yeah it's like, like uncle uh, movies, yeah, dad Yeah, exactly, movies. Like dad movies, yeah, dad right. movies. I mean, Bridges Spies, that's uh, a classic. What the fuck is this? Uh, I'm sorry.
2: I'm not even going to say what that text was.
3: What? Was it, a, was it a text that makes you look really cool?
2: No, 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 um, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it was. It wasn't. Okay. Uh, it was from Taylor Swift. We started hanging out that would be great if Taylor yeah. Swift
3: dated you. That'd be great.
2: Yeah, it was a, a long payoff after saying that I thought we would be friends. In yeah, in Attack of in the, the Podcast. Like a, the attack of the Podcast. Right. right. Uh, yeah, I was correct. We really like each other. Nothing romantic, but we just we get each other. So you're like her new
3: Ed Sheeran. You're like her new yeah. little like shit boy. Yeah, I'm her <laughs> new shit boy. She parades around. Yeah, exactly. She keeps not me a on fuck lead. boy. She a shit man. boy. No, a no, shit boy. boy.
2: Yeah, fuck boy is too good for that. Yeah, she creates me around, <laughs> and then she goes shit now, and I pull down my pants, and I shit in the street corner, which you're great at. I'm really good at that. Uh, you that's barely what we, need to be asked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could shit on a all moment's right. notice. Okay. Lincoln. Okay. Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're saying it's an Eat Your Vegetables movie. Oh, this is what I was going to say, okay? Uh-huh. Spielberg, his his supporters and his detractors all have the same point, which we've said a bunch of times, which is he's a very emotional, visceral director, right? He's an expressive okay. director. He hits fine points about, like, you know, the ambling catharsis of, okay. like, here's the payoff, here's the that, Right. right. When he's making these movies that exist in these areas of moral grayness, I think he sometimes doesn't trust himself to not end it with a very clear statement.
3: That's fair. Right. So, yeah, a little bit. Look. Even if
2: it isn't verbalized, there's some visual moments at the end of this that are just like too much paprika in the sandwich, so Too much
3: paprika in the sandwich. Uh,
2: Look, here's my thing. Yeah. Catch me if you can. Ending
3: goes on a little while. Not sure he needs to visit his goddamn family home again somehow completely implausibly. No, don't don't let me finish. About that way at the time. Now let me I think finish. It works. It's yeah. okay. It basically works. But you catch me if you can. I didn't know that that guy, right? Like me, two thousand two sure. cinema goer doesn't probably doesn't know that that guy goes on to work for the FBI and yes. figure out like you know like interesting. Tell me that Lincoln. Yeah. I know that Lincoln got shot. Like yep. I, I'm aware. We all know. A, a title card is all I need, which is just a month later or. What I don't need everyone to be like, oh, Lincoln's dead. Like, don't
0: you want to see his young son react to the news (laughs) that his father was assassinated?
3: Crying it loud, like we 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 are all ready for that. It's a famous thing about Abraham Lincoln is that he got assassinated. And
2: also, the movie has dramatically concluded itself. Yes, you can make
3: if you want to make a movie about his assassination, like Robert Redford did with the conspirator, like Oliver Stone did with JFK. One can do that. That's a different movie. But I don't need. Him walking, you know, and then right. it's like, what's that?
2: You know, yes. <laughs> whatever, fine. But that falls into like my, my complaint is otherwise, perfect movie. My complaint isn't that literally the movie is called Lincoln and that's a complaint. My complaint that was your is complaint. that you goddamn no, Lincoln log. No, my logs. point is now, I am a goddamn Lincoln log and wow. I can lay a Lincoln log in a moment's notice. My point is that I feel like that is emblematic of that pressure of like, we're trying to make the definitive Lincoln movie, let's call it Lincoln. Let's include the assassination at the end. Like, 90% of the movie is so focused on what it's trying to do and what it isn't trying to do, and then 10% feels like... Okay. The Joseph Gordon-Levitt side plot doesn't n- work for me
3: Ninety-five-five. Well.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, I think that also falls into, like, biopic territory.
3: Yeah, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt
2: plot is interesting.
3: It, yeah, it doesn't work. It feels really didactic to me. Mm. I just think In a it's, way the rest of the movie does. I just think it's not... I don't think it's didactic. I just think it's not dramatically as interesting as they think it is. But they sure. want... You to know why Mary Todd Lincoln is come, coming apart at the seams, and yeah. so that's why he's there. He's not really there for his stuff, which is, I agree, not that interesting. It's more because she is roiled by the fear of losing a son.
2: And I feel she like she lost all
3: her children except for one, yes, uh, Gully McGrath, yeah, um, okay, <laughs> um, and uh, so that's why that's there. But I agree, you know, if I was like, trying to a fast forward button, I'd probably move. I also I feel like this, I like the
2: legislative stuff, yeah, obviously. yeah, I mean, there's a courtroom drama. But it's a weird approach to a movie because it's a courtroom drama in which the main character never appears in court.
3: No, it's a courtroom. It's not a court. It's it's like the movie. um, I know it's
2: not literally Runaway Jury.
3: Is that what that movie was called? It's about buying off the jurors. It's not. It's like it's a courtroom drama where the courtroom scenes don't really happen until the verdict. So it's more just about Lincoln's like. Well, the earlier, Let me see these yeah. jurors. Yeah, there's a couple, you know, a couple scenes. Of, I said uh, Lee pace, peacocking.
2: This movie's weirdly structured in a way that I commend it. It's a very it's beautifully It's a movie. very odd, unconventional approach to how to tell this story.
3: Well, I think we talked about this on Amistad. This is wow. this is the movie that he wanted to that make. Amistad should right. be, right. and obviously, Amistad can't be because it's. Look, if you're going to make a white savior movie about slavery, Abraham Lincoln is probably a better target for your movie than John Quincy Adams and Matthew McConaughey and a bunch of other randos and some slaves who can't even speak English, you know, like Amistad's an interesting movie not to be given to Steven Spielberg. Uh Amistad's an interesting movie in someone else's hands, maybe.
2: And he shies away from the dramatic embellishment of Amistad to just be like, this is how things went down. Like, it's a process movie, which I find interesting.
3: Yeah, right. And yeah, and Amistad also, it's like a stirring movie at the end. Of it. It's like, and that began the civil rights movement. And you're like, you do one bit of reading. You're like, no, it didn't. Uh, not the civil rights, but the yeah. abolitionist movement. You know, that began the Civil War. And in Lincoln, they're like, and that freed the slaves. And you're like, well, it did. The 13th Amendment, fairly important. Yes, right. So at least the weight of the film is more justified than yes. something like Amistad.
2: Um, I also, I feel like, uh, what I find interesting about this movie, I remember there was a lot of eye-rolling, you know, aside from the, the excitement over the you know, Daniel lewis I feel like there was some, like, eye-rolling and scoffing about, like... Spielberg making a Lincoln film, how inspirational is that gonna be? Like everyone was just like, sure. It's the most idealistic president, you know? Absolutely. It's the director who wants to see the best in people, or had for the first twenty years of his career really focused on that, right?
3: Well, also he had just made War Horse. Yes. So people were really like, God, is Spielberg just turning into like Mr. Schmaltz in his old age? Right.
2: Like, yeah, is that what this is gonna be? Right. Because
3: Warhorse is hella schmaltz. It's Apple Dumpling Gang. Right.
2: Yeah. Um But uh this movie is What I find most interesting about this movie is its central thesis is, like, here's this guy who is just so, like, uh, lionized, you know, for good reason. Lincoln, yeah. Yes. Fairly famous. And the movie's explaining how he had to do a lot of shitty stuff in order to do something really great and important. Okay. Like, it's a movie about dirty pool. It's about how muddy politics were from the beginning, you know? The second you include that many people, how muddied it gets. Sure. And it's, like, where it's very easy to just go, like, Lincoln freed the slaves. And that he did. It's like Lincoln had to fucking, like, work the system. Ben, you want to say something?
0: I was just stretching, but um, I guess now, yeah, bureaucracy, right? Yes, it's That's a about bureaucracy. This is all about just the bureaucracy, right. the back
2: rooms, yes. the channels, the talking, yes. the lobbyists, all that shit to make a bill happen. And all the concessions, you know, that have to be made on all sides. Sure. You know, the sacrifice Absolutely. you have to make in, in the name of a greater good.
3: Not only that, though, and that's why I call this his Constitution movie, just like Bridge of Spies. Like, it's a movie about, like, uh, things not feeling very legal as they happen. Yeah. And, like, the sort of weird fungible nature of our government mm-hmm. uh, that Lincoln is not afraid to push, although he doesn't want to destroy it, obviously. Yes. And, uh, I mean, I think that's what Kushner's fascinated by. Because so many of these scenes with Lincoln kind yeah. of ruminating over, like, what is my role in
2: all this? Like And playing a little dirty pool he's playing to get dirty. the end result he wants. Hindu Kush. Hindu Kush. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but that's also where this movie benefits from having such a stacked supporting cast because if it's like a scene where they're going to talk to a fucking senator and he's only got one scene, it helps to have that guy pop.
3: You want me to just, I mean... Should I run through
2: some of this cast, baby? Let's play this game, okay? Oh, my God. Let's take turns naming cast members until one of us can't remember another cast member. No, that'll take forever. Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Gloria Rubin. Sally Field.
0: <laughs> Wait, are we saying who's popping?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is too much, man. Tommy Lee Jones. Pops. Steven- Esau Murkison, They all pop. Walton Goggins. <laughs> Steven Henderson. Hal Holbrook. No, but you see, we're not giving these
3: guys their fair due. I want to give them their fair due, not just race through
2: them. I'm just trying to list how many fucking people there. I'm not yeah. doing performance reviews. And I'm saying I don't like that idea. Jeez. Right. There you go. Well, let's take it to court. Yeah, let's take it to court, ben. baby.
0: Hey, what's up? Hi, I'm Judge Ben. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do it
3: appropriately and okay. go through the names. One thing I want to say. Yeah, I've Speaking ruled. up, because I, I noticed him. He's dismissing your ruling. No, no, I'm with you. Yeah. I noticed him in this, yeah. and then, he of course, he's in Bridge of Spies, and uh, we gave him lots of credit. But maybe not enough credit on our episode for the visit. Peter McRobbie, yes. baby. Yeah. Peter McRobbie. Yes. I feel like I just saw him in something. Now I have to Yeah. Peter McRobbie, uh, who plays an old racist in this yeah. movie. He plays uh George H. Pendleton, who is a racist uh Democrat. Yes. Um, and he is the he's the John Dulles the director of the CIA and Bridge of Spies.
2: Also very good in this film. And Uh, he's a
3: poopy diaper man in The Visit.
2: Yes. Uh, Another person who's very good in this film, uh, Connor Ratliff, a.k.a. David (laughs) Costabile.
3: He really... He would be a good Connor Ratliff in Connor, the Connor Ratliff story.
2: (laughs) Uh, Or Connor would be good in Costabile, the David Costabile story. Absolutely. He plays James Ashley. Uh, Yeah. He's actually terrific,
3: because he's like... He's playing one of those guys who will sort of go to Lincoln and be like, oh, Lincoln, why are you being such a pain in the ass? Yeah. And Lincoln's like, well, let me tell you a story about an old mill, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I love that. Yeah. Whatever I just said. I yeah, you, yeah, you did love that. That is true. I can attest. I really liked it. I'm looking at David's face and he uh, loved Peter what McRobbie. he Peter McRobbie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Walton Goggins.
2: Well, and let's talk about, you know. Christopher Evan Welch. <sighs> The great... The clerk of Congress or whatever? The late, great Christopher Evan Welch. I mean, talk about a guy... Because didn't Christopher... Am I wrong? No, he didn't do the narration for that. Christopher Evan Welch did the narration for Vicky Cristina Barcelona... Uh, is that right? Yes, he did. And he was the uh, priest giving the eulogy in uh, Synecdoche, yes, New York. Yes, in Synecdoche. And then played fucking what's his name? Why am I forgetting? Not Gavin Velson, the other one.
3: Peter Gregory in Silicon, Silicon Valley. Peter Gregory in Silicon Valley. And then
2: died at the end of season one. You're forgetting he was in Rubicon, one of my favorite yes. TV shows. Um, But uh, a guy who is so good. Oh, he's also the pig fuck in The Master. Yeah, pig fuck in The Master. You pig fuck! That's right. He's the uh, he's
3: the guy who is causing some problems at a meeting. Yes. Yeah, he's saying like, "Hey, this is a, Scientology is a bunch of yeah. shit," which is by nature a cult. Uh great actor Christopher Evan Welch. And but like, he, and that's his, what this movie is. Yes. You see a guy, and then you have five minutes thinking on that guy's whole career. Right.
2: And that, and his, then he's gone. Like his you know. role is essentially to
3: read the roll call. He just reads the names of congressmen. Yeah. And they go like, "Yay!" And then just yay. marks
2: off a check or an X. Um, but he he makes it sing. Walton Goggins, Clay Hawkins,
3: yes, like now a, a swing Democrat, uh, an idiot. Walton Goggins, very textured, clever. You know, plays a lot of real smart, sort of uh, crafty guys on sure. TV. In movies, usually plays like the, the the biggest hick you ever did see, right? right? Like. Yes. I'm thinking of the Hateful Eight. What am else? What else do I think of?
2: Uh, well, GI Joe uh, Retaliation, obviously. Obviously, he I plays mean, Cobra Commander's handler in the Django basement. and Chain, Obviously, and Chained, yes. Uh,
3: just like you. Do you need some the worst like southern piece of shit? Walton Goggins is your man. Like, do you want him to give like eight
2: extra layers? Oh, see him on TV. Like, we, check yeah. him out on Justified. We haven't talked about my favorite part of the movie, which is. You know, uh, when, when Chris Gether was on our Revenge of the Podcast performance review, yeah. he talked about his Jedi wrecking crew. He talked about Plo Clun, Plo Kloon Mundi, and, uh, and Kid Fisto. Fisto. And he felt like those three characters were having this off screen adventure where they're just three Jedis who fucking tear shit up and just fucking rip it in general with these killer personalities and amazing backstories, right? Uh huh. But you don't really see them functioning as a wrecking crew together. Okay. This movie What's your point? gives you. A bureaucratic wrecking crew. Who's your wrecking crew? Please. I'm talking fucking James Spader. James Spader Tim is- Tim Blake Nelson, John Hawks. Yeah, Joe.
3: John, John Hawks is kind of your quiet. You know, Tim Spader, James Spader, he's like Yeah, John Hawks is the is the right. plo clon. He's the plo clon. James Spader's obviously Kip Fisto, right? Unquestionably. He, he's the real he's the cannonball. Yes. He right? so yes, you know, fuck. He does say, uh, well, I'll be fucked, I believe. I love it. He, and, he's and, cracking Abraham walnuts Lincoln, with a, a hammer. Abraham Lincoln says, I certainly imagine so, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, uh, his name's fucking Bilbo. So it's to me. His name is Bilbo. And uh, and then um, yeah. in the middle there, you've got uh, old Tim Blake Nelson, who's kind of like. Coyote Mundi. Yeah, well, the way I see it is, yeah. you know, like, I have weird facial hair. Yeah. You can't take your
2: eye off of it. It's like a mustache and sideburns. <laughs> Maybe Hawks is Mundi and, and uh, Bl- Nelson is Plo Kloon. Sure, because he's I, the weird-looking one. You're to trying. to Yeah, it's hard to get a read on.
3: Look, I mean, he's I'll, got a cockroach face. Uh, the thing with uh, uh, his his cockroach uh, his sideburns and mustache. He should have said to Lincoln, like, "Hey, my facial hair and your facial hair get together. We got a full beard on our hands. <laughs> Chin plus mustache and sideburns.
0: <laughs>
2: I got half. You got half.
0: <laughs> when we form like Voltron, we become the Wolfman. And Stevenson,
2: yeah, I mean, Lincoln would have been like, "Oh, it's interesting." Let me tell you about an old mill. How did this movie not win uh, hair and makeup uh, at the Oscars? It's a good question. Who beat it? Uh, do you want me to look it up? 2012. At the 85th Academy
3: Awards? Yeah. Who do, who do you think beat it? Hmm. Oh. Is it something really dumb? Yes.
2: And Lincoln wasn't even nominated. Yeah. Outrageous. Because I think they don't give Ugh. enough credit for facial hair. But the facial hair in this movie is insane. The grooming in this film is unbelievable. Everything, looked. And even they had to do makeup on Day-Lewis. Of
3: course. Yeah. Make him look like Abraham Q. Lincoln. Yes. I don't know what his middle name was. Hubert. Uh, do you know who won? It's such a bad win.
2: It was like it was like a dumb blockbuster movie.
3: No. No. It was kind of an Oscar favorite, I guess. It's not a good movie. It made a lot of money. 2012. I don't know. What was it? Les Miserables. Oh. like. I mean, I guess the makeup's fine in that. I guess. Yeah, it's, it's a little over fine. the top. It's a lot of dirt. Know, they just put dirt on people's dirt, face. A lot and, of dirt. Yeah. So, the design of Lincoln, and it did win Best Production it Design. Did. It should have won Best Cinematography, which went to fucking Life of Time. More like Life of Jerking Me Off.
2: Yeah. I would have given it to something else <laughs> well, the master. Altogether. I would have given it to the master. I mean, to me, this Was is- Was Moneyball nominated that year?
3: No, Moneyball's the previous year. Oh, fuck. I always think Moneyball's 2012. Okay. No, 2011. Um, no, to me, this is Janusz at his best. They're making the White House look like it would have looked, which is basically dark. Yeah. Uh, no lights. Shitty. Looks like my apartment. You have candles. <laughs> you have a few <laughs> gas lights. Yeah. And uh, apart from that, you better open them windows. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way. Yeah. Uh, cold. Yeah. <laughs> Are you the secretary of state? Here's an old blanket
2: you're going to need because it's <laughs> fucking cold. Dragged in a man's <laughs> it's, blanket. It's February in Washington, D.C., and they don't have any heat. This movie does have some amazing blanket
3: work. It's got the best blankets in the goddamn world. Yeah, this is a A plus number
2: one blanket movie.
3: Yeah, this is before they invented the sweater. Yeah, so it was just like, look,
2: I got a blanket or I got nothing. I'd say this is the number one blanket movie of all time. Number two is probably Elmo and Grouchland, in which the blanket is the MacGuffin. You know, Elmo has to chase the blanket into Grouchland and then retrieve it. That's that's the sort of plot catalyst. Uh, number three blanket movie, oh, boy, it's tough. I mean. Do you count the Peanuts movie, you know, it certainly gets grandfathered in there because of Linus, but but on the other hand, they just kind of give the blanket short change in that movie, mm-hmm. so it's like you're only giving it because of the legacy of Peanuts, the strip, and the specials, when the movie itself, in and of itself, if you'd only seen the Peanuts movie, would you think of that as a blanket movie primarily? Boy, that's a head-scratcher. David is filing a piece. Yeah,
3: basically. Sorry, I just got a weird question I have to answer,
2: uh, but go on. Uh... So Lincoln opens great design. with, does it open with the dream?
3: It does. Great dream.
2: And I'll say this, great looking dream. Oh, it looks like an 1890s,
3: like, weird, like, uh, you it looks know. Looks like a tin type or something. Yeah, yeah like it looks like a Nickelodeon. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: You know, where it's sort of like this, like, it's faded, gauzy, weird image of blown him on out. a ship. Yeah, like, blown out whites and stuff. Uh, but it's all, like, it's like sepia Uh And it's him on a ship and his narration. Look at me, I'm Abraham Lincoln. Here I am on this ship. I think that's the opening line of the film, right? Uh, yeah, immediately, something like that. Tony, Kushner. well, you have to establish yeah. who it is and where right. they are. Yeah, here yeah, I Tony am. Tony
3: Kushner loves that, which yeah. is uh, every time anyone walks
2: in, like, I'm Secretary of State Seward, <laughs> yeah. and I'm in the room now. Hello, everybody. My name is Abraham Lincoln. Here I am on a ship. Don't get worried; it's only a dream. Very soon, we'll cut to real life, and you go, ah, oh, the sounds of Kushner immediately. <laughs> you am in good hands, the hands of a master. Feed me the music of your words.
3: Um I think there has been a title card that says something along the lines of like, "It is 1865. Abraham Lincoln's just been reelected. Yeah, you know, the Civil War is in its last month." I think He's there's using also a blanket because it's very. Oh chilly. no, right? No, the first shot is of the is not the first shot of the Civil War of a Civil War oh, battle. Oh, you're right. Yes. It's these people just throwing down in the mud, bayoneting oh, you know each what? other. It oh, is gross. The
2: drink comes no, like th- fucking eight minutes in. What right, the fuck are we the talking first about? Scene is
3: him talking to David Yellow and Coleman
2: Domingo, which rules, and we. We forgot fucking those two guys are in the movie.
3: Look, there's a lot of good guys. All right, you want to
0: just do the whole episode over? Okay, Great. yes. Right. So
2: the movie starts with a title card that says a DreamWorks slash Reliance slash 20th Century Fox production. And then it cuts to the war. Mm-hmm. And some really graphic, like little, little baby Saving Private Ryan stuff. People stomp each other's faces. Well, I mean, yeah,
3: I mean, obviously, there's been many a Civil War movie, and Mm -hmm. Spielberg's not making a Civil War movie, but he does want to remind you that one, the Civil War was super gross.
2: Yeah, it fucking sucked.
3: It was not fun to be in. Yeah, like blue. Um, because the part of the movie is like Lincoln is prolonging this war Mm -hmm. so that he can achieve this goal. Yeah. And at this point, the war basically involves just, like, throwing people at each other or just bombing his own country, Yeah, you know, just to, to batter the South into submission. This
2: was the first war where they used human catapults, right, to throw people at each other? Um, uh, yes, exactly. Yes. They would just throw—they would just put people
3: into people yeah. catapults and just launch yeah. them at each other.
2: And also the giant Acme uh, slingshots. Okay. Like Wile e. Coyote slingshots. Exactly. Where right, you—, ben? you you're, yourself, you're a student of history, Ben.
0: Yeah, no, this is all correct. And you're 100%. certainly a
2: student of slingshots.
0: Oh, I know all about the slings. Uh, that's right. i built a yeah, catapult. Uh,
2: dirt bike Benny.
3: Yeah. yeah. You built a catapult? Like, how big yeah. a catapult? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past yeah, you. 100% ben. believe it. Um,
0: hey, this is also the first war to, like, use really, like, modern ammo and, and weapons. Yeah? Right,
3: right. This is where it's starting to get, like, like easier to kill people. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking bad. You it doesn't to, take 10 right. minutes to yeah.
0: reload. Right. Speaking They're of... They're not marching out, like, They people, have, like, gadling guns and all that. I mean, the neighbors. South was sort of fighting almost, like, I mean, this is going to be a little controversial, but oh, they were
3: sort of doing terrorist tactics for sure. I mean, you know? as, and the North were doing—you know—they were essentially arriving in cities and Yo, burning this, them. This shit was greasy though. It was pretty crazy because it was all happening in America.
2: <laughs> Wait, Ben, did you say crazy or greasy? Oh, at greasy though. <laughs> it was a greasy goddamn war. But the other thing that
3: first image is showing you is that a lot of the troops on the northern side were black. Yes, and uh, you know they these were. People who were like sacrificing their lives for their country, you know, and, like, and,
2: but for what? Well, right. The, well,
3: certainly, right. Like, this is on right. Lincoln's mind as well. Like, yeah. you know, it's we like can't just end their the lives. war and be like, fine, South, you know, like, we get it, right. You can keep some of your traditions or what, yeah. you know, whatever,
2: right. So um, he's he's sitting, and uh, you don't <laughs> see him for I think the first two or three minutes of the movie. You maybe see his back, back of his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see other people fighting. You see other people coming and talking to him. Yeah, he's sitting in the rain. Uh, so, I mean, okay, look,
3: you know how people say things are folk, pe- pe- politicians are folksy. Yeah. And this is like, this is an era where politicians were really folksy. Actually folksy. They were folksy people. Yeah. Not like pretend folksy no. billionaires who, you know, get up on stage and suddenly have a Southern accent or a Midwestern accent or whatever. Like, he was a folksy man. Yes. Abraham Lincoln. He grew up in a folksy, uh, Log, log cabin. cabin.
2: He wore a goddamn stovepipe hat.
3: He was like a lawyer back when lawyers made, like, you know, four bucks a week yeah. or whatever, you know, like,
2: and he was just, like, the town lawyer. Right. Uh, and Law- lawyer, the vitro... <laughs> God damn it. Please. am Lawyer, the visual merchandiser of its day. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, boy. Wow. Let's try to make a joke about it.
3: <laughs> no, no, thank you, thank you. Uh, And I- then... I just want to, uh, this is a guy who you cannot fucking ask him, like, what time it is yes. without him telling you about, like, an old lady in 1829 who, yes. you know, shirt brought her goat Minds down the street.
2: Day. Now, here's where it gets complicated. <laughs> now, I,
3: I uh, He's like Grandpa Simpson. Yes.
2: The The part of this film that I find most impressive is right at the moment where you're like, Jesus Christ, another story. The movie's like, we're fucking one step ahead of you. But we'll get to that scene when we get to that scene. Right. Um, so you're watching people kinda of come up to Lincoln and try to tell them the story. It's almost like it's like a book signing, right? At borders or people are like waiting in line to come up and be like Hey, uh, so my, actually, you know my brother, my brother, uh, and he's like, right. oh, oh, great, Thank, so who should I make it out to? And it is a lot of that. It's like, yeah, no, we saw you, you know, yeah. this time, and he was like, uh-huh.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's like, nice
2: to meet you. It's like, actually, we met before, you know.
3: But so there are two, essentially two pairs of people who are coming up to him in this scene. You've got David Yelloo and Coleman Domingo as two uh, Union soldiers. Later to co-star
2: in Selma. Coleman Domingo, by the way. Great actor. I mean, obviously, Yellow has become a huge star, right. but Colin, but Colin awesome. Domingo is one of my top, like, everyone should know cool. who this guy very is, actors. Cool. Dude, uh, Love him in, in crappy TV shows like Fear the Walking Dead. You know, Is, is he on that? Yeah, good reason oh.
3: to keep up with that show. Oh, I like
0: that show. Yeah. They're on boats in the water. True. Wet zombies.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Playing a real scary zombie video game right now, actually. It's real. Don't like it. It's actually alarming to me. I don't like it at all. Real tense. Resident hey, 7. what's that behind you? Ah! <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Lincoln is talking to these guys, and Coleman Domingo is more being like, It's great to meet you. Thanks thanks so much for being president.
2: And a yellow is kind of poking him. And a yellow is like, I don't know, man. Like, are you actually going to get anything done here? Yeah, and he's quoting his speeches back to him. Yeah. He's like, Remember when you said that? Where's that? When's that happening? And I love this scene
3: uh, as a setting up of the personality like Day-Lewis is inhabiting here, which Mm -hmm. is like essentially Lincoln is taking things on board. He's not rebutting him exactly, but he's also not like apologizing or equivocating. He's sort of like, "Mm, you know, I understand. Like he's interested in a philosophical exchange, but he's not going to go too far. Like He has some persona built up around yes. him.
2: And also talk about folksy. I think the first moment where the camera spins around and we actually see his face is him talking about how hard it is to cut his hair. Yeah. Like, My last barber. Hanged himself. hanged himself. They're loving it. I mean, he's fucking killing. He's funny. He knows yeah. how to be funny. And Coleman Domingo's like, did you get JFL new faces this year? Because that's like a tight like a tight five. God, He never made a Lloyd team. He like never, made Lloyd team, <laughs> never made a Lloyd team, Lincoln. Never made a Lloyd
3: team. Um, uh, and then two, two honkies. <laughs> he did do monologues at ask Two Go real honkies yeah. ra- walk up there. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lucas Played Haas, by Dane DeHaan and Lucas Haas.
2: Two of our best tired looking Two of young our best, actors. uh, double A name, <laughs> right? Yeah. Dane DeHaan and Lucas Haas. Yeah. Uh, DiCaprio's friend and the guy who everyone's decided has to be the next DiCaprio. <laughs> oh, boy,
3: and he, boy is he not. Although but he's they got, decided. He's got two movies coming up this year. I'm going to see Cure for Wellness next week. We'll see. Gore cast. Yep. We should do it. Um Yeah. Uh and they come up and they just start reciting the Gettysburg Address. Yeah. So They're like you know. mega
2: fans. They're like the guy come up to Shatner at the convention and being like remember in episode 24, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what they are. They're
3: Lincoln geeks. And he shoes them away and then of course the o uh kind of Bigfoots them by at the end being like, I remember how the Gettysburg Address ends, by the way. PS. Yeah. Hold on. Don't I think I don't have no fucking number.
2: My shit. I was keeping it cool. I'm a fucking Lincoln geek too. Now this is a movie that doesn't have a lot of major black characters, obviously.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh it has a lot of peripheral black characters, mm-hmm. but no like uh you know, whatever. No yes. one on the sort of the, the the main characters in the movie are probably like Lincoln Seward, Young, Thaddeus Young, right, you know, Daddy Stevenson. Mary Todd. Young's a power Hit forward so. for the uh, Indiana Pacers. Yeah. Mary Todd, right. Yeah, so like, and I feel like it came under some criticism at the time uh-huh. for that, right? You know, you're making like another yes. movie about uh, the American institution of slavery, a different angle on it, obviously, a totally yeah. political in- inside baseball politics, uh, you know, red tape angle. But right. But still, uh, and it's about, you know, the, the white people who did good. Well, that's the one thing I kind of like about I think Kushner and Spielberg are trying to at least force some, you know, perspective in on the sidelines of this movie. Obviously, right. the people in Washington, you know, the people in Congress were white. I mean, this was a, a racist society that did not sure. allow
2: black people to vote. Right. And I was gonna say the one thing I kind of like about that scene in the middle uh, with, uh, with Steven Henderson and Gloria Rubin or which scene? The scene where Lincoln talks to Gloria Rubin outside... Oh, yes, yes. ...the right, event, right. I forget where they're... It was the earlier play it's, they're going to, right? It's outside... No, isn't it at a Mary's party, or... I can't remember. It doesn't I can't make, remember. Yeah. But when he makes it clear that, like, it's not a personal stake thing for him, you know, in the same way it is for Thaddeus Stevens, certainly... Sure. It's just that he believes in, like, basic decency and human rights. Right. Um, I mean, I I think the movie does a good job of deflating that it isn't, like, uh... Abraham Lincoln was like the woke president, sure. I but it mean, was just like on a basic level, he was like, "Why should anyone have less rights than anyone there, else?"
3: Yeah, there's a lot of debate that still rages over. Yeah, what were Lincoln's real politics what motivations? He's on the right. record earlier in his career as saying things where he's like, "I don't really care about slavery," or like, right. no, "I don't care about these institutions." But also, like, you only have these sort of vague written records to go on, right? And obviously, he was a politician who was, as you see in this movie, all these politicians are trying to navigate. Their stances in you know, a changing. I mean, fucking Barack Obama was anti-gay marriage, like, right? You know, but until like 2012,
2: right? Uh, you know, like or but this whatever. movie's kind of right. about that. Of like, you that's have to choose saying. your battles. You have to pick the things you're going to fight. And th- in that scene, he sort of says, like, "Look, I'll be honest. With you, like, on the level, I don't specifically care about black people, right? Which is a kind of ballsy scene to put he's into not, a movie that's about Lincoln freeing the slaves. He's not someone
3: who's right taking like the the like the American slaves on his back and is right. like, "I am your champion," right? but as kushner has identified mm-hmm. in his you know million lincoln biography mm-hmm. reading marathon lincoln did decide like no we have
2: to get the 13th amendment into the constitution well you misspoke I, I think he decided now 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 now, now 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 yeah. he was
3: cloaked in immense cloaked in immense power and yeah. he w- and a blanket and a, and a couple blankets, let's be honest. Right. Blank in every room, cloaked in a man's Lincoln, a chicken in every pot, blanket in every room. Yeah. Um, he, he just he, was, he decided to spend all his political capital yes. when he did not need to nope. and prolong the civil war when mm-hmm. he did not have to mm-hmm. to do this. And so there is certainly some thing to grab onto there, which is, yeah. you know, this, did, this, this was not inevitable, it didn't have to happen, and he did uh, put his weight behind it to yes. make it happen. Uh, I wish the And film, as you see, when yes. Johnson's president after Lincoln dies, things begin to fall away almost immediately. It took a president who was uh, very
2: forceful about these things. Yes. Yeah. You know,
3: things could have been uh, settled into stasis much faster.
2: I wish the character had more uh, black characters of consequence. And I wish the, the character that were had, already were in the film uh, had more screen time. Yeah, because it's tough because you right.
3: have these scenes where, like, I mean, that great scene where uh, little Lincoln, what's his name? Gully
2: McGrath. Talking about Tad. Uh, talking about Tad Lincoln, played by Gulliver McGrath. How Lincoln. do you know
3: this this little guy? I'll tell you
2: how, because he played the youngest son in Dark Shadows. Sure. And that was a movie where they did one of those marketing campaigns with individual character posters for every character. Uh-huh. And they went deep enough into the roster that Gully McGrath, who had never been in an American movie, got his own poster that said, like, Gully McGrath is, and then just a picture of his face in Dark Shadows. I remember seeing that and going, like, okay, the individual character posters thing has gone too far because who's going to choose to see a movie because they're like, Oh, my God. Gully McGrath is in Dark Shadows? Well, his mom saw it and she went. Yeah, she went. That's true. They got those. $10. Gully McGrath, GMG.
3: Anyway, he's playing Tad and he asks, uh, I believe, asked Steven Henderson's character. Mm -hmm. uh, Let me get that guy's name, actually, because he's a real person. If he was a slave. If he was a slave. Right. uh, Because Gully McGrath, Jesus, Tad, (laughs) has become obsessed with these uh, derogotypes. What do you call them? Uh, They're uh, they're little uh, pleats, they call them, of, of slaves. yes. Uh, it's like whatever. He's taken some sort of weird, personal, childish interest in this. Like you might look at. He's up. also
2: very invested in the Confederate War. I mean, he's wearing the the uh, uniform all the time. He's like going around his makeshift little like uh, his wagon. Like he's he's fucking he's he's caught up in the in he's the dressing his, he the he events of the day. Uniform. And so he asks uh William Slade that was mm-hmm. who was Lincoln's valet. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: are you, were you a slave? And Slade says, "No, I was. Free know, I was born free." And yeah, mm-hmm. and you're. He, and for one, Stephen Henderson, what a fuck who is act. incredible, great in Fences this yes. last year, and, great in
2: Tower Heist six years ago, uh,
3: great in Manchester by the Sea in oh, one scene. Is what a just good a one fucking scene? one scene yeah, a performance! Great one, literally one shot.
2: I believe that scene is a one-er or... Yeah, it might be. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, whatever. They I mean, I might you know, switch back. and They might do low coverage. Um, over the shoulder, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Ooh, <I laughs> Might did. do a little bit uh, over and the shoulder. And you want more of that. But, you, you know,
3: so, yes, you want more of that. And yeah. then, of course, Gloria Rubin comes in and you could ask her she was a slave. And yeah. She says, like, offhandedly, like, oh, I was beaten with a fire shovel before, you know, right. I was fucking five years old. Right. You little twerp. Right. You wish the movie it movie nice spent
2: enough. a little more time from the perspective of people who are most at risk. Sure, this but narrative. of
3: course, this was a country that yeah. spent no time with these people. Right. You know.
2: But I also, I give the movie credit for, I think, going out of its way to time. deflate the white savior button. I think like, so Even though too. it's about the white people, they make it clear that Lincoln's not just some fucking oh, like s- selfless hero. I want to get this on the record. We're all uh, a bunch of white idiots. Yeah, we're a bunch of white dummies, and yeah, we don't know what the I fuck, fuck know we're know talking about. I if you agree. Oh, yeah,
0: white cis dummies in a small room talking right. about small it. Small white. It's very white. One,
3: room. It's a white room. one of the whitest rooms. So, <laughs> Linky. Um, yeah. Linky. Uh, so Linky has, but oh, uh, the other thing I wanted to say is like every scene, you're kind of like, oh, I want a little more of this, you yeah. know.
2: Every there's so many little narrative directions you could spin off into. Oh, it's also just the dialogue is so fucking rich in this movie. It's like such a like, um, I'll admit, I so I, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. I kind of put off seeing it in the Oscar season because it was a broccoli movie, right? And I finally was like, okay, free day, movie's long, I'm gonna go see it now. And I went to go see it at Lincoln Square and like 45 minutes in, the projector broke. Oh, man. Interesting. And they were like, yeah, we're not going to get it back up. It was in the big screen at Lincoln Square. And they were like, yeah, it's done. Here's your vouchers. You can go see it another day. Right. And it was tough to then be like, fuck, I already watched the first 40 minutes. Like, how am I going to go see it again? So I put off seeing it for a while um, and then, uh, and then yeah, finally saw it in theaters later. But I, I've always, uh, and, and watching it last night, at home. Uh, always had a hard time staying awake during this movie. Interesting. Not because I think it's boring, but because I actually think the movie's very calming. It is calming. Like, the That's language true. is so, like, musical. It is a tranquil movie. Yeah. And it's got this, like, this kind of very calm, like, brownish color palette, you okay. know? Okay. Um, but it is. You can just kind of, like, lie back in the language of this movie and just be like, ah, this is a time when everyone spoke well, you know? hmm But also it's Tony Kush. So. Right. It's Tony Cush yeah. writing a time when everyone spoke well, that, that so drink, it's that like... That Dan Cush. They got that Dan Cush. Hindu Kush. Um, We go from the scene where he's talking to all his to Lincoln his dream. fans to his dream. Now he's on the ship, and now he goes, Hi, I'm Abraham Lincoln. Right, I'm on right, a ship. This is on. a dream. This bit, and yeah. then to him in his bedroom yeah. with Mary Todd talking about his dream. I think uh, Sally Field's performance does not get enough credit in this movie. Fantastic. She points. got an Oscar nomination. She did but this is a really fucking she committed performance. to Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I mean, Sally Field has two Oscars, so I don't know if she was ever- They weren't going to give her a third,
3: but- um, It's an excellent performance. Yes. Uh, it's very, uh, it's unsettling, like, you no. know, or whatever. She's she's unsettling.
2: She's playing a, a woman struggling with mania.
3: Yeah, and, you know, struggling with probably what, you know- what Bipolar you just disorder. Bipolar disorder. Maybe, but certainly yeah. depression, you yes. know, and yeah. who had lost a child and, yeah. you know- uh, but she's, you
2: know, she's a hotly... Struggled
3: with the, the spotlight of yes, being First Lady. She's a
2: hotly contested figure in history. There are a lot of different theories about her and about the nature of their marriage and all these different things. And so she has to play this sort of fulcrum point about all the questions in Lincoln's personal life, you know? Right. All the things that were kind of kept at bay. And uh, from, like, the first frame of her turning around, you're like, oh, this is a haunted fucking woman holding on by her fingernails, you know? Right. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, without overplaying it it's like this performance it's, is, it's like a physically palpable it is sort of and also you only fragility she
3: well she has the one scene obviously at the party yes which is another good scene where she is kind of talking too long to, to Tommy Lee Jones to, to, to Thaddeus Stevens right and Thaddeus Stevens is just kind of like nodding and grinning and being like you oh, know here's the Mary Todd Lincoln I know so well essentially right. you know like She's kind of playing into his image of it's her. It's the
2: Ronnie Blakely in Nashville scene where she can't stop doing the introduction. Oh my god! And
3: uh, but mostly her scenes are just confined to the bedrooms, mm-hmm. or you know, right? Like she does, she feels kind of locked the in private life. She has that final scene, I guess, in the where they're in the carriage. Yeah, she you know she's occasionally outside, but usually yeah. it just sort of feels like she's cooped up and like that's not helping anyone.
2: Yeah, and it's cold. And yeah. her husband's fucking hard to read. Like she's losing her mind, and he's just like, "Well, reminds me of a time." Right. Yeah, no, he's, well, and
3: he locks it all away. And of course, there's that one scene where he's like, look, I don't like that my kid's dead either, by the way. He unlocks the emotional gates. Right. He does. He does. And then he locks them again. He locks the gates. He doesn't talk like that. Yeah.
2: Locks the gates. So, who are your presidents? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Poke. I remember uh, I I used to work the door at uh, Congress. (laughs) And Garfield came in. I got caught up with his crew. That was bad. <laughs> okay. Started doing speedballs with Garfield. So <laughs> Slid into my DMs like Giffield. Okay. So this Back is Second Bits on Bits, baby. I hate it. Uh so this is
3: um a, a vignetti movie, <laughs> yes. would you not agree? I would agree.
2: That's what I'm talking about. I don't mean this in any no, no, sort of no, you, negative way. Of we, it's such a it weirdly
3: structured movie. No, it is. Oh my god, it's great though. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but it's ballsy to be like. There's no. Yeah, there's no sense of straightforward progression. No, Lincoln
2: says to William Seward, played by David S. David Strathairn. G. Strathairn the only He's thing so good. The only thing more enjoyable than watching one of his performances is saying his last name, Strathern. Strathern. I always feel good when I say his last name. If, if Strathern.
3: If Tommy Lee Jones wasn't in this movie and Strathern had maybe one more scene, yeah. I think
2: he could have been an Oscar nominee. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah, I mean probably his best performance since the Spiderwick Chronicles. <laughs> Fuck off, you piece of shit. He's great in the Spiderwick. I have now. not seen the. Spider-Work I haven't either. <laughs> Uh, So William
3: Seward, his secretary of state, (laughs) he's like, man, man, Linky, you sure you want a 13th Amendment? We could end the war We can do one or the other. Yeah. And Lincoln's like, you know, uh, (laughs) know." he's he's so noncommittal even.
2: And then finally, he's like, what? What if I could get you an amendment that does both?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Finally, he gets his whole secretary, uh, his whole cabinet together. Yeah. And they are all like, eh, I don't know, like, should we do this, should we do that? Including like, Jeremy Strong from The oh, Judge. you want me to go
2: through? You want me yeah. to go through? Let's the talk about this cabinet. Bruce McGill. Oh,
3: the great Bruce McGill. With the biggest beard you ever did see, yeah. Secretary of War Stanton. Big beard, big man. Who's mostly, like, he's got that great scene where he's like, all right, so we're shelling Wilming- Wilmington. Yeah. And Abraham Lincoln's like, eh, two mice fell into a bucket of milk. And he's like, no, no, you're
2: not going to do another one of these. Right. I was going to say, that's my favorite moment in the movie. I love that. Because at that point, we're like 40... he's like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. The movie's been going on for an hour, and 45 minutes of those have been comprised of just three different stories. <laughs> And he's just like, I can't fucking deal with it. I just
3: love it. the image of someone yelling at Abraham Lincoln, essentially yeah. like, shut up, you yeah. gas bag, yeah. you know, like, yeah.
2: stop it with this. That is one of the funniest moments I've ever seen in a drama. <laughs>
3: it is very funny. Also, Bruce McGill, uh, he brings it. Yeah. Bruce McGill, what did we just see him in where he plays, oh, right, he's in Elizabethtown. Oh, right. As like the guy where they're like, Bruce McGill, don't let him near
2: you. Yeah. That I, man has poison coming out yeah. of his pores. And then he shows up and he's like, where's the ketchup? <laughs> yeah, right um, Bruce McGull, uh, also uh, D-Day from uh, Animal House. Uh, yes. It's yeah. just all I always find that so fascinating because he's like so fully reinvented himself as a rotund character actor. Yeah. That's hard to remember that like that's where he started. I love Brucey. Love him. Uh, yeah, he you know who's he in black? Uh, he usually plays like a
3: cop or a, he's in Matchstick Man.
2: He's the guy they're conning. All right, so um, Joseph Cross, yes, love
3: Joseph Cross. He'd been in Milk a couple years earlier.
2: He's years, wide though. awake in this movie. I got to say, he's giving John Hay.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, right. Well, yeah, of course. A wide he's, awake performance. He's the wide awake boy, as we uh, we all but remember know. that time he was sleeping. <laughs> he's, doing <it> <laughs> he's doing the thing again. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't even wake up in the movies. called wide awake. Great. Um, Jeremy Strong. As you mentioned right. from uh, The Judge. Right. And what else is he in? He's uh, in he he's in, in Big Selma. short. He's he was in, in Big Selma. Short. Yeah. He's a good character. Uh who else you got? Dakin Matthews, who's also gonna be in Bridge of Spies, mm-hmm. who is Headmaster Charleston and Gilmore Girls. Uh-huh. He's who is uh he's an asshole in both this and Bridge of Spies. In Bridge of Spies, he's the judge. Okay. You remember? The judge who's like Yeah. You know, Yeah, I know you're supposed to be this lawyer or whatever, yeah. but stop being a lawyer. Right, you what jerk. a jerk. Let's we'll talk about Bridge of Spies. Great. Yeah. Um great cabinet. And they agree, all Color right, cabinet. 13th Amendment, fine. Yeah. So then Lincoln goes to the conservative Republicans, mm-hmm. led by one of the the bleariest-eyed, <laughs> what, right? Like the most wet-eyed actor there is in Hollywood today, Hal Holbrook. Yes. Is there anyone with wetter eyes than Hal Holbrook?
2: Can I say something that might come off as insensitive? <laughs> like, Hal
3: Holbrook could play an old bloodhound in a movie. <laughs> Like, without any makeup, you'd be like, oh, it's an old bloodhound. Oh, wait, actually, now that
2: they're closer, that's Hal Holbrook. Disney should do a live-action remake of Fox and the Hound with Hal Holbrook. Um, <laughs> what were you going to say that's controversial? I, 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 not controversial, but insensitive. Uh huh. I can't believe that guy's still fucking alive. It is crazy.
3: How old is Hal?
2: I think he's, like, 93 at this point, maybe. He is 91 years old. Hal Holbrook looks
3: like someone who ran for, like, president in, like, 1956. Like for the he got the Democratic nomination, he lost, <laughs> yeah. you know, by like eighty points.
2: What's well, also And he was like, Oh, you know, back in my day, we were all for, you know, mailboxes. <laughs> you know, sort of he get, he got nominated for Into the Wild when he was like I won Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, where are you from? He gets his first Oscar <laughs> nomination for Into the Wild when he's like eighty two. He's like eighty two.
3: He's amazing. And everyone it.
2: was like, That's nice they gave him one before he died. And then like this comes out like five or six years later. And and also, Promised Land came out the same year. He had, like, two choice-supporting performances mm-hmm. in movies, and you're like, wow, like, Hal Holbrook looks like he doesn't have that much time left. And now it's, like, fucking five years later, still we still kicking. got Hal Holbrook. He's hey, don't
0: be an ageist. Old people can act.
2: He can certainly act. He can act the pants off of anybody.
3: Yeah, and if we- if he's got wet eyes, that's okay. Yeah, he's got wet-ass <sighs> eyes. There's some wet eyes. Um, So you got Hal Holbrook, and mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know, us conservative Republicans, we just kind of want things to stay the way they
2: are, so... And got then, him to deal with. Uh, What's-His-Name Plays' his Daughter, uh, the mom from Transformers.
3: Oh, Gene uh, Smart. Who's great. Uh, is it, not, no, it's not Gene Smart. Smart. Uh, it's Jesus. A, uh, Julie, uh, Julie White. There Julie we go. White. Julie there White. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, so they're kind of like he's, Lincoln is looking at all, we're taking in all his obstructions, mm-hmm. right? Yes. His, obviously the next obstruction is you got Jackie Earl Haley. mm mm-hmm. as the My vice, bad guy. Yeah, now you've worked with Jackie Earl My Haley. little bad guy. What do you guy. think Jackie Earl Haley feels about where they're like, they call him on the phone and he's like, You're making a Lincoln movie? Let me guess. Let me guess what part you've got for me. Let me guess. Is he in the Confederate (laughs) States of America? Guess number one. Is he
2: a little weasel? Yeah.
3: He's playing Alexander Stevens, Uh vice president of the Confederacy, who's trying to negotiate peace. What a good introduction he gets.
2: Yes. It's like he gets such a Spielberg introduction where it's like, oh man, they're like introducing him with power to let you know this is a fucking bad dude. But- so, did you meet Jack Earl Haley yes. when
3: you made like does he is he just like he's one hey of man, the nicest people I've I'm ever a working met. actor yes. it's great to play villains yes. like that's my niche in Hollywood cool 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 or does he have
2: any kind of hint to like yep yeah, they called me for old you know freak face yeah right like that's who they they thought of Jackie Earl look we didn't have a conversation in which he said the words they call me old freak face
3: <laughs> well I call him old freak face
2: but, but- Jackie
3: Earl you said the scariest
2: IMDB picture ever. I was frightened of it with the glasses and the ghost. Yes, thing? yeah, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> now he looks a little more. Yeah, classy. Uh, he he is truly one of the loveliest people I've ever met. That's great. I love him, and Daryl. he's he's very soft spoken and very um sort of introspective, but very kind. That's good. Um, I, I, you know, he strikes me as the thing that I respect the most, which is just like a, a fucking roll up your sleeves. Sure, here we are. What's the script? Actor. What's the role? Like he just fucking this is all very professional. Does the work. And I think uh, he—I mean, you look at how much fucking different work he's done. I think he gets cast a lot as a weaselly villains or psychopaths or whatever. Right. Because a lot of actors are too protective of their image to want to fully yes, go for course, it. Yes, of course, right.
3: And, if, and, and whereas Jack Earle, that's his image.
2: Right. Yeah. And you look at something like Little Children, and, like, very few people would have the courage to play a role like that with that much empathy yeah. for a guy who's struggling while simultaneously being monstrous. Right. And so I think— he has just not fought against that image yeah. and allows himself to play that. Also plays a variety of other roles. Yeah. Um, Love you, Jack But he certainly in this. Uh-huh. Uh, Okay, love Jackie. Can't wait to punch him in the face. So in and then we've in Congress on camera to be clear, not off camera. We've got the Democrats led
3: by Peter Who I shouted out already, diaper man from (laughs) *The Visit*. (laughs) Yeah, who plays a a big poopy diaper of a man in this movie?
2: Right. Talk of being typecast. That's a guy who every time they call him up, he goes, "Let me guess, I'm gonna throw a poopy diaper (laughs) in someone's face." Let me. You got a 14 year old? You want me to diaper diaper
3: face? All right. And then Lee Pace as Fernando Wood, former mayor of New York, very handsome man. Lee Pace, very handsome, who plays, I mean, I think his first scene, he essentially is uh, saying
2: words that I can't say on this podcast.
3: Yep. Uh, to Congress. He's shouting them to the assembled congressmen.
2: That's a weird part of this movie that almost makes it feel like, uh, um, especially now, like at the time this movie came out, Obama was in office. It felt like it was kind of like, oh, okay, here's a pat yourself on the back movie about like, look how far we've come. Yeah. And now the movie, which is a period film, feels like some weird like some uh, thing to aim for it's like a john carpenter like this is where we may be in 10 years sure, movie right, right we're right. in the senate they're just like openly like dropping n-bombs mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's very unsettling to see uh people uh throw those words around so casually with no guilt whatsoever just to be like today i ordered a sandwich you <laughs> know they're just like yeah. saying things
3: uh just want to shout out a few other congressmen michael Stolbarg. Oh, the as uh, George Eamon I want to point out when you google any of the um, the congressmen these people are playing the facial hair they always got it exact like you're looking at Stuhlbark you're like really all chin yeah, all the way to the cheekbones yeah. and nothing else you yeah. look at the you're like yeah that's that's what that guy went for. Yeah, this like, movie
2: should have won a fucking Oscar. It
3: was hard to shave. Yeah, you didn't have an electric <laughs> yeah. razor. Why not or just disposable? let it go. You know, well, you want to eat sandwiches. Yeah. You don't want to get food in your you face. Want, yeah. Well, I mean, sandwiches didn't really exist. We want to eat like stews. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of a broth. Lot of <laughs> yeah. stews. A lot of broths. Oh, for sure. Can I tell
2: you what I would rock in this time, in this day and age, talking about this this conflict? I would go a a chin strap ZZ Top beard. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. for sure. So no yeah, mustache, yeah, yeah. so your, your but just mouth all is the big, but all the way down. All the way down to the belly
0: button. I would just chop the fuck out of my face. Yeah, just okay. so fucking
3: chopped up. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
2: Lightning bolts in your sideburns. Huzzle. Hell yeah. Uh, you've <laughs> got <of> <laughs> Wait. Uh, oh, Steven
3: Spinella. Right. Steven Spinella. Yeah. As uh Asa Litton. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so you got some congressmen. Murder's and then, then you've got Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Thaddeus Stevens, big TLJ, yeah. not the Last Jedi. Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, uh, as Thaddeus Stevens, who is like the leader of the Radical Republicans, who are basically right. like, once we beat you know once we get the South, let's seize all the land and give it to Black people. Yeah. You know, like essentially people who are like, let's have reparations. You know, when this is over, yeah, they declared war on us. They should be punished,
2: right? Which is not what happened. But let's let's not forget Thaddeus Stevens' biggest accomplishment, his most lasting legacy which is being the man who makes John Travolta think that his wig collection is naturalistic. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tommy Lee Jones, what's his hair situation? In real life? Because famously
3: when he won the Oscar for The Fugitive in 1994, the beginning of 94. cue ball He was bald, and he, his first line upon getting the Oscar was like, I'm not bald, this is for a role. Right. Um, but in this movie he's bald. Correct. In a lot of other movies he's been
2: bald. Yeah. Uh, he's a man with, J. J. Ball? no, he's a man with very thin hair. I mean, I think what you see him have in, uh, uh, well, he wasn't in something this year. Um, uh, oh, well the thing I'm fucking thinking of is criminal, but Jesus Christ. Uh, he, he's got a far back hairline and very thin hair Yeah, and he sort of swoops it over back into the side. And I think that's his real hair. And I think, uh, he is just a uh, comfortable shaving his head entirely.
3: Tommy Lee Jones basically looked like this. Have you ever seen Coal Miner's Daughter, which is like one of his early roles? I've never seen that, no. Great movie. Yeah. Basically looks like Thaddeus Stevens in Coal Miner's Daughter.
2: Like he's an old craggy man. He yeah. always has
3: been. He's got a lot of character in his face.
2: I'll say watching this movie. I would say
3: that he has, what's like a big, he's got the entire cast of Nashville to shout that bag in his face. That's how many characters are in there. He's got <laughs> shortcuts in his face, right?
2: You're saying he's got an Altman kaleidoscopic yeah, ensemble an, picture. Yeah, he's
3: got a Prairie Home Companion entirely within his face right, right he, now. He's got a Prada
2: underneath each eye. If
3: he just, like, cocks an eyebrow, you're like, oh, this, I just got told a whole story, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. what a face. Yeah. this The face on this man. He should have won the Oscar. God damn it. No, yes. he shouldn't have.
2: Philip Seymour Hoffman should have won the Oscar. Oh, he's so good. He's
3: It's tough because both Philip Seymour Hoffman and Christoph Waltz, who were both nominated that year. Yeah. You're right, Phyllis. This my was winner. notably the year. We're both kind of quasi leads, but like yes. not quite in their movies. You know,
2: like dominant, but not in all of the movie, if yeah. that makes sense. But I think that's Fisai's number one best performance. And yeah, now it's we tough. know that it's his, like maybe, the last time he was it's going right to work. up there. Synecdoche and, and the master of the two for me. Oh, he's so good in the master. Yeah. I,
3: but. Put it this way, and I love. I think Christoph Waltz is a lot of fun in Django Unchained. I think I do he's too. great. I don't think he should have won another no. Oscar. Well, let's
2: talk about it. that's the weird year where, where everyone was a winner. All five nominees had already won once, or the other, or twice before. Uh, De Niro, who had won twice, was nominated for Silver Linings Playbook. Right, and he wasn't going to win. Jones, who had won once, was nominated for Lincoln. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman for the Master. Yeah, Christoph Waltz Django Unchained, and then the fifth person would have been Alan Arkin. For uh yeah, Argo for Argo. Go fuck yourself. Right. Argo Go Fuck yourself. Right. They should have nominated John Goodman. Yeah, they should have. If they were gonna
3: nominate John. John Goodman's never Argo. gonna fucking nominate. How's that outrageous. possible? It's outrageous. I mean, look, Arkin's fun in Argo.
2: He's fun. Yeah, he's fun. It's not a great performance. Alan, more like Alan Argo. Ar, more like Alan Argo. <laughs> he's fun in that movie. He's fun. He's having a good time. He's having a great time. But I think he's really fun. That's not like a great performance. No. It's him showing up and like he's as yeah. good in that as he is in Get Smart. He's yeah. fun and get smart. He's, he's an ornery old man. He's a consistent actor. Yeah, he's, he <laughs> He is. always shows
3: up, he does his job well. I agree. anyway I love TLJ in this movie Yeah, how can I hold that all men are created equal where here before me stands stinking the moral carcass of the gentleman from Ohio proof that some men are inferior endowed by their maker with dim wits impermeable to reason with cold pallid slime in their veins instead of hot red blood you are more reptile than man George so low and flat that the foot of man is incapable of crushing you that is the greatest line
2: yeah, Mike he drop. will ever deliver. Right. I was going to say, this case. <laughs> he drop. literally calls yeah, someone a lizard <laughs> person on the floor of the House of Representatives. This movie is essentially, what if Tommy Lee Jones did Jeff Ross's roast battle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he fucking wins, you know? He beats Mike Lawrence handily. Um, I, uh, I swear to what God. What was I going to say? Oh, the thought I kept having watching this movie is... God, I wish Tommy Lee Jones did more 3D films. Because that's a face you built just want, for 3D. You want to live in the...
3: What about like an inner space film, but they don't go into Tommy Lee Jones. They just go in the crags. <laughs> they go. <in> the cra- <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they're climbing Mount Rushmore, yeah. but it's just his craggy face.
2: Just underneath one of the eye bags. So you got all Cragface McGee. And Cragface, they have to... One of our finest to- living <laughs> actors. Face McGee. the problem Academy is Academy not- Award
3: winner Cragface McGee. <laughs> the problem is not that he wants to... Um, uh stop the absolutely 13th not. amendment he wants to go further yep. and he's on the record and Congress is saying uh I don't just believe in abolishing slavery I believe in racial
2: equality he's you like know, the I think, Bernie Sanders of his time sure tear it all down um and so Lincoln's like too much too fast
3: well Lincoln just you know Lincoln's kind of staying out of it the whole time sure but uh but you know yeah everyone else is kind of like look fucking hell one thing at a time or whatever right uh he's the character I would I'd say probably a lot of people watching the movie, yeah, like you say, identify with because you're like, you know, you're someone with more of a 20th century, yeah, it's outlook got a modern on things, yeah. Sure. Um, and uh, so his great moment is that he has to go before Congress and sort of, kind of like he's like, yeah, no, 13 minutes, fine, like you know, right? He has to sort of like whisper it under his breath, like yeah. be like, I don't believe in racial equality. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone's like, Why'd you do that? And he's like, You know, we got to do it. Like our president. Has yes. asked us to pass the Thirteenth Amendment, so we got to do it. He
2: starts heckling. He does some amazing crowd work. He bites he, back at the audience. Oh, I mean, he's Todd Barry level crowd work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: And that's just him riffing. Yes, he's just riffing. That's just, just riffing. But you that's know off what? The top of the you guys can tell me what. Never made a Lloyd. Team. Never made a Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> did mod? Yeah, he did mod. Did, did mod for he really Maude
0: strong character and sketch work. Yes. All right. Yeah. So there
3: are your obstacles, right? Yeah. And then you bring in the wrecking crew. Oh, my God. They start to, you know,
2: promise some jobs to outgoing Democrats. Right. Lincoln starts going like, look, I need to ensure that I get enough votes. Because yeah. if I put this thing up and it fails, we're all in a lot of trouble. Yeah. If we're putting it out there, it's got to pass, baby. Right.
3: And obviously, he has to, it has to pass by two-thirds. It can yes.
2: pass, but it has to
3: pass by a supermajority.
2: Right. So they hire these guys who he's not supposed to directly talk to. So right. he has a culpable, you know, a plausible deniability, yes. rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... And they go out and just start having fun. Start bugging people. I mean, this part of the movie is just fun.
3: It is. It's fun. I mean, and it's, I think that's one thing that attracted Spielberg and Kushner to the material, right? It's like, nobody knows like how dirty and silly, like so much of. 19th century politics was because i mean there's no phones there's no constituents right. you just go to like a hog farm yeah and you know some hog farm is like i'm the congressman from ohio and you're like all right jesus what do you want you want this bag of feed you know like <laughs> i mean these guys didn't have toilet paper or toilets that is very they were pooping
0: in a pot they put under their bed And then they would dump it out the window. I mean, it is kind of crazy. And then they would sign some shit that, like, has affected our
3: country forever. That is still in the Constitution. And they might not have washed their
2: hands. We don't know. Yeah, meanwhile, they still got mud in their butt crack. (laughs) What what did they do? Did they have, like, water? What did they do? What was their situation? They pour a bottle of Evian on their butt.
3: They would use their hands. Hey man,
0: and that's why you know you you would uh, you would not use your dominant hand because that's the hand you would eat with and shit too. Right? Because there's lots of cultures. There's lots of cultures, right? Where it's like
2: if you like reach out with your left hand or whatever to shake someone's hand, they're like, "Hey, wait a yeah. second, get that thing away from now, me." Now, Ben, you're on the record as being a huge fan of old technology in films.
0: Oh,
3: absolutely.
2: How do you feel about this film's approach to shitting?
0: Ah, uh, well, they shitting? don't they don't explored enough, sure. for me to really sink my teeth into sure. it. Sure. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and say I feel the stink. Yeah, it's a yeah. stinky movie. You know, yeah.
2: I feel the stink in the rooms. Yes, I really
0: do. So, yeah, I think they do a good job there.
2: Um, I love. I love great horsework. Oh, 100%. T- a hundred percent. And great telegram work. Oh, absolutely. Great telegram work, t- man. Driver. Yeah. Good tapping. Yeah, they tap away in this movie. Um, I love the moment in that sort of montage where they play some jaunty music yeah, yeah. and the wrecking crew goes out. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um when they literally run into the guy at the bank right and then are like oh look at all this money can you just hold this money for a second <laughs> like that it's that blatant hey man but i do like because it's so easy to look at lincoln now and just be like great president did that great thing was such a great man and it was like uh, wow wow oh i long for a time where politics were like that and it's like politics were always dirty always right. dirty. Well, you then, always got to play dirty to get something good there, done. There's
3: that scene right in the middle of the movie.
2: Yeah. where
3: he Lincoln suddenly monologues about like, "Look, my emancipation proclamation was kind of like a war thing. Yeah. It didn't make a ton of constitutional sense. You know, like all these things we're doing, I feel like they're the right thing to do for the country." Yeah. But it's gonna kind of gonna have to get sorted out in the courts later, and a lot of it might be deemed illegal. Well, and but that like, whole this speech, is what yeah. we do. His whole metaphor—I forget what his metaphor is. He has some like story. The, that he's t- the lawyer, the woman. Oh, it's when he lets right. the woman out of the back door so she can just run away, right? Rather because she hit her husband. <laughs> right. It's good. It's right. A good story. But he put it in the will. <laughs> you know, in the put, will he right. said, "I suspect she has killed me, or right. whatever. And if I come back, I will have my revenge, or whatever. yeah, yeah." So. And
2: that's like that story is like a fucking like eight minute like wonder. <laughs> Dan Lewis. Good actor. Is. Uh, I mean, we really should call
3: him Mr. Lincoln. Mr. Lincoln, his honorable self. Uh-huh. Dan Lewis is is uh, one of my favorite actors. And it feels like such a. Really? Wow. Bullshit, yeah. dumb thing to say, but it's true. Yeah. I love him so much in this movie.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you know people don't He's talk great. about enough with him? What, they, how like, good he is? Yeah. Well, they focus on the chameleon thing, right? They focus on the he's a cobbler, he's a yeah. yeah. Right. And that and he's close friends with Ben, <laughs> Ben's the one who always has to talk him off the bench to make another movie. Like for The Ballad of Jack and Rose, he
3: actually wrote a whole ballad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My Beautiful Laundrette, he yeah. actually
3: opened a laundrette. <laughs> right.
2: Uh, you know, for uh <laughs> for the boxer. He spent years folding and taping up cardboard boxes. And then he
3: realized it was about boxing, Something yeah. he had to go be Start a Start over. They delayed
2: the movie for five for years. In the age of
3: innocence, he literally became completely innocent. Yes. He Amazing. He actually just yeah.
0: went into the Mississippi River and
3: floated for a while. Yes.
2: In the unbearable lightness of being, he became so light that he floated above the air. What am I talking about? I mean, about? the craziest one, for the for the movie Nine, he took 42 years off of his age. And, and for-
0: <laughs> he killed all the last Mohicans so he could be the only one. Yeah. That is
2: true. And for <laughs> Room with a view.
3: He literally moved in his house so the A room with a better view.
2: He used to live in the basement. <laughs> yeah, he went. I gotta go upstairs. He like, I need a room with a view. I'm moving on up. All right, that's enough of that. Um, a <laughs> thing that I think people don't talk about enough, dude, is so fucking charismatic. And when you think about charismatic actors, you're he like, is very charismatic. Tom Cruise, charismatic in all movies. he yeah, plays he's himself. playing
3: someone who's charismatic in an unusual way. Right, right.
2: But you look at, like, fucking Daniel Plainview and Lincoln. The thing that both of them have is just, like, there's something charismatic about them. When they start talking, you got to listen. Right. And those are two guys on total fucking opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, when Dan Lewis launches into a long story, you just kind of lean yeah, in. You and lean you go, in. Like, you can't
3: wait. It's yeah. like you're by a fire. Yeah. Where, yeah, whereas Daniel Plainview starts talking? You're like, is this man literally about to murder me? Right. Or is his head going to explode scanner style? Yeah. I mean, scary. Yeah.
0: He also, I feel like he doesn't take me out of the, the period. No, no. Right, as like other actors, yeah, it's sort it seemed, of like, oh, seemed... it's that guy with right. like a dumb well, that's fucking stove pie yeah. pad. Right,
3: if you yeah. see someone playing Abraham Lincoln, you're probably going to think like, there's Ben Hosley as Abraham Lincoln. Like, I, I don't really think that's well, Abraham yeah, that's Lincoln. that's not
2: true. Ben really blended into that role. I'm going to say it's true. Jesus Christ. What, the blended. 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 what was the word I was looking for? I have no idea. I don't know. Um, bended in? Yeah, bended into he, that Yeah, line. he did bend it like Beckham.
3: Yeah. Um. So we, we should, we should uh, just, yeah, is there other stuff you guys like? What do you guys like? We've, we've talked about a lot of things. Oh, the, the
2: point I was going to make was I like that people want to sort of uh, uh, honeycoat the past and be like politics used to be pure. And it's like they're always fucking bad, Yep. you know. Sure. And you always had to do bad things to do great things.
3: And right. And what he did was he like, that's the thing. We, we focus on these moments because he actually accomplished something right. of measurable value. Right. Like to, today. Yes. He he made something so important that Avery DuVernay made a whole documentary about it just yes. last year. Yes. Um, whereas, you know, yeah, and that's what's what we latch onto and say, yeah. like, oh, what a
2: great man. Right. And it's more like, no, but, like, you know, he there's a fucking nail in the wall you can't right. get out. And at the time the movie came out, it was like, oh, my God, you watch this movie and then here we are today. We have a black present. That's unbelievable. Well, right. And then you watch the movie present day and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, why can't we have a Lincoln in the world?
3: Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about. The uh the Spader performance. He is such a bad motherfucker. He's a bad <laughs> he's
2: motherfucker. He's so good. Yeah, he's like the shaft of this movie.
3: Hell yeah. Hell
2: yeah. Uh I love the like, fucking the walnut great. business. The walnut bits
3: good, the good. There are these moments where Lincoln has to actually descend into the muck, right? Yeah. right. Usually he's but like there's the one scene where he talks to the congressman who lost uh lost boys. Not not the movie The Lost Boys, but yeah. he lost his sons into the war. Yes. And
2: he's trying to convince uh, this guy... What's a good actor. I'm fucking forgetting now. Anyway, uh, yes.
3: Shit, I, I'm not
2: sure. He's a really good character.
3: Uh, Yeah, David Warshawski. Yeah. Something like that.
2: Um, the ginger man, pockmarked face, good character.
3: Yeah, and he's saying to him, like, will you vote for the bill? And the guy's sort saying, like, I, I really hate this. I hate
2: black people. Yeah.
3: And, like, I hate this. He's world. like, I'm going to be honest with you. Don't right. like him, never will. And one. Lincoln does not say oh you're awful neither does he say come on do yeah. it for me uh, ab yeah. he's just kind of like okay like i understand that you've suffered a great loss like i've done what i can do right and then when you when that guy votes no he does vote no in the in the final roll call scene mm-hmm. like i don't know you just have more yeah. to that
2: yeah you care about i mean as you, you do with all the other you don't care about, about them but as you, you do care with, like, about what's at stake exactly and you know as you do with has. like
3: you know uh steven spinella or mm-hmm. michael stuhlbarg all those people yeah um and then there's the scene where he meets with Spadey. yeah Spadey says well, i'll be fucked drain the swamp this guy steps into the swamp he does. knee deep Oof. uh and that's that's again it's like you know you I, see like how how far he had to sort of put his political life yeah. on the line like yeah. just to to get this over the edge. And we should mention he's playing, he's playing a lobbyist. He's playing a very early version of a lobbyist. And I
0: mean, yeah. I, I mean, what a representation of what they continue to be, which yes. are fucking awful monsters that are somehow integrated in our fucking political system. Yeah, these fucking
2: walnut-smashing assholes. Walnut-smashing. Still to this day.
0: Still to this Write day. Write to your congressmen and senators, folks. Yeah, you Complain. know what?
2: Yeah, tell- Send them a broken walnut in the mail. Check their pockets for a walnut hammer. I just don't think he carries the hammer around with him all the time. He's got a little walnut mallet.
3: Gotta be prepared. Um, so I'm just trying to find some other facts. I feel like we're done.
2: I mean, the structure of this movie yeah, is like going We've, we've covered all the
3: major stuff. The roll call scene is really amazing, considering that it is just people's names being read out. Yeah. And going like,
2: nay. Or, yeah. you know. And Michael Stalberg goes, ah! That's good. That's, that's a, I like that. He tries to hit a high note. He goes, ah! Um. Oh, uh. Let's talk about the Joseph Gordon-Levitt subplot a little bit. Not too much. Okay, but, but yeah, then ugh. then, then yeah. let's wrap his it up. His son wants to fight in the war. Lincoln doesn't. Lincoln's trying to use his executive power to block it. The son has this trip on his shoulder because Robert he's- Todd Lincoln. The son of a great man. He feels that he does not want to be coddled or given any benefits because of who his father is. He wants to prove that he is his own man. I think he knows deep down. He says at one point, I cannot be you, right. but I have to be something. Right. And so there's this sort of sidetrack to the movie that is Lincoln trying to scare him. Scared straight him. Yeah, he
3: kinda of takes him to terrible scenes of, you know, people, you know, soldiers in recovery and things like you know, it's the hospitals and it's gross. Right. He finally allowed him to be like Grant's secretary, or whatever. He so was he like was his kind of like carrier, being, his mail carrier. He delivered yeah. the messages. And then he became a very famous uh, lawyer, and then he became uh, Secretary of War for Jesse Ray Arthur. Like, you know, he, yeah. he was a famous Dude person. proved himself,
2: yeah. Uh, I just think these scenes are not what the movie's really about. I think in order for that to work, it would have to be like a Lincoln family movie that was really concerned with the Lincoln family. Um, you know, I mean, it's like the movie does such a good job of, I think, representing Mary Todd, but not inserting Mary Todd into the plot in ways that distract from what the movie's actually about. Whereas every time they go to the Gordon Levitt stuff, I'm like, this feels like it's out of a much more conventional life of Lincoln story. Agreed. I don't love this stuff. And I
3: guess it's sort of what makes it a four and a half star movie instead of a five star movie for yeah. me. It is uh, something I can deal with. I guess it's the best way okay. to put it. I'll, 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 I'll take it, but it's definitely where I kind of glaze over or make, make myself a cup of tea.
2: Uh, yeah. My favorite moment in the movie, aside from when Bruce McGill flips out over the story, is when they're in court and they have the argument about what's the fucking thing that James Spader has to run with the letter? Uh, what? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're, like, stuck at a stalemate, and they go, like, we can't do this unless the president does this. Oh, it's uh, where
3: Lincoln has to say, there are no negotiators for peace. Right. Uh, And so Lincoln sort of fudges it by saying, like, as far as I know, there are none in Washington, because they're in Virginia. Right, and what they're, so tra- what they're
2: trying to do is uh delay the hearing so that they don't even have to deal with it for a while. They're like, we have to postpone this. We can't even vote on the amendment unless we know... And then James Fair is like, I got a fucking idea. Writes it down word for word. Runs it over to him. Joey Cross, mm-hmm. the whitest of awakes, follows right behind it's him. The whitest, too. Okay. Well, yeah, for that. Yeah. And then Jeremy Strong behind him And this great scene where uh, Joseph Cross is arguing that it's like an obstruction of power. Yeah. And uh, So you, you cannot lie right now. Yeah. And Lincoln's like, listen to me. Give me your hand. And he takes his hand. And then he gives the letter to James Vader <laughs> and is like, run this back. <laughs> like, you think it's like he's going to grab his hand so right, he can look him like, in the eyes. An old meal with a, yeah. b- a couple of mice and some yeah. bucket of cream. And he's just like, I want to make sure your hands aren't available. <laughs> Occupied. Yeah. Like. Um, they go back. They vote. It's thrilling. It's exciting. It's satisfying. And then as we Tommy discussed- Lee Jones takes the bill- he takes the bill. You can't take that's the original. He's document. like, I'll
3: return it tomorrow with Crease. I wish I could do his accent. Yeah. I can't I wear the Crease, but I can't. Do it. Brings it to Esbatha okay. Merkerson, who plays his in, in in history was like the lady of his household. Like yes. they were not officially married, but uh, it's now presumed that they life. they had a romantic relationship. Right. So he they comes home, and you together.
2: think he's just talking to sort of his housekeeper. And then as the conversation continues, they both undress. He takes off his wig, and they get into bed together. I think it's a pretty successful Spielberg kind of just like. Uh, not hitting it too hard, you know. I, I love that he holds that off until the end of the movie, so you kind of just think that he's like an ornery asshole, although an ornery asshole fighting for the right thing. Right. And you realize like, oh, this is his personal stake. Yeah. Uh, Love. A little bit. It's And it's a little cutesy, but it is history, so I it's think sort it of plays. hard to argue with. Yeah. And then after this, the movie cuts to, I think, the the Grant Lincoln porch conversation.
3: Yeah, I guess so. I can't remember how it all unfolded. Which
2: I think is how the movie should end. I would end it on that scene with some kind of button. I could even end it on his conversation with
3: Steven Henderson, with with William Slade, and then he walks, you know, off and it's very Spielbergy and he's cutting the Lincoln profile or whatever. But that's fine, that he's walking to his okay. doom.
2: So that's the moment that I start to get irritated with the movie. I agree, movie.
3: but if it ended right there, you'd be less irritated. It's that it's that, and then you're like, then he went to the
2: play. Bad news. I'll be honest with you. That's the moment where I threw up my hand. All right. Well, I don't care. And I'll tell you what it is. Uh It's the three cuts back to Stephen McKinley Henderson looking at Lincoln and giving the, like, man, what a great man Maybe make it one cut. Right. He does three, and it's this moment of, like, God, what a hero, as if McKinley Henderson knows that the man's about to die. There's something...
3: To the fact, I think to both for both Kushner and Spielberg that Mm -hmm. like he did this and then died almost immediately after. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, here's and like it really was like he put his life on the line. It happened and then he was literally
2: shot for his political beliefs.
3: Here's what I would do. Also, because you know, uh, old Boothy was right. You know, little
2: that scene where they're talking in the cabinet, wacky, and then McKinley Henderson comes in and is like, "Hey, seven thirty play. We should get in the road." Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I must go, even though I'd rather be here. I would end it there. And with him walking away without the fucking McKinley Henderson, there goes a hero close up. And that would be the end of the movie. I think the second they keep on cutting back and the music swells and he's in silhouette, he starts gilding the lily way too hard. And then you add in, oh, here's the misdirect. It's a play. But wait, this isn't the American friend. Oh, it's Gully McGrath seeing a play. Right. Who? The kid from the Dark Shadows character poster. Right, enough, enough, enough. And then they tell him that he's dead, and then he cries, and then the scene of everyone in the bed. It's like a fucking... It's yeah. too much.
3: And then, and then you cut to, after all this uh, hullabaloo, uh, a shot of him delivering his inaugural address from yes. a few months ago. Which is fine. I, 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 if you want to make that your little—it's the milk ending where
2: you cut after his death. To you, you got to give him hope. That's fine. You got to like, give him hope, and
3: it's such an image as well because it is like as we've already heard with the Gettysburg Address. Like most people can't even hear him. Sure, it's, you know he's a, he's a. Politics was a more reduced thing back then. But, yes, uh, but if you want that to be your capper, okay. But like lose the lose the. 10 I'll tell
2: minutes. you what I do. I would do. oh, well, I must go, even though I'd rather be here. He walks away, you don't cut to Henderson's reaction, you see the silhouette, and over that you hear the audio. Sure. That would be my ending, because even getting into that clip of him giving the address, Spielberg does the most Spielbergy move, which is they go, we've lost him, he's officially gone, and then they cut to a close-up of the lamp and the flame, the flickering, flame flickering, and hey. then the flame transitions into... Hey. my friend. Don't you fuck with Steven Spielberg? Flame of light. <laughs> Flame of
3: life. I get it. <laughs> All right. Let's play the box office game. I don't disagree with you.
2: I just I think you maybe are uh, 10% more angry about this. I, I am. I think this movie's very good. I, uh, that stuff always has prevented me from being able to love
3: it. It's a great movie. It'd be my top ten of that year for sure. Uh, it was nominated for many Oscars. Daniel Day Lewis won Best Actor, the first actor directed by Steven Spielberg to win an Oscar. Is that that's insane? Isn't that that's very bizarre yeah that was the first performance Steven Spielberg had directed that won wow. an Oscar
2: um, which is rude of the Oscars but good to give it to Daniel Day and yeah it was his third lead actor Oscar he's the only one to have three leads and he's now tied with the most any male actor has had period
0: it was cool to give me a shout out in the speech
2: he did Yeah, and he listed all your nicknames like, I know like, it yeah. bit into most ris- they were playing him off and yeah, he was going was, like I mean it was okay. like such an honor yeah. he's box not up, Professor Chris box dude. office game <laughs> box office game <laughs>
3: Was that the one where he knighted, like, he got knighted by Tilda Swinton? No, is that, that, is that
2: the- Meryl Streep gave him the Street Oscar, and they said. made the joke about how he was supposed to play Margaret Thatcher, and she was supposed to play Lincoln, and oh, they did yeah. a swap. And it was yeah, a great yeah. joke. He fucking killed it. He was really funny. Yeah, he funny. All right, funny so speaking. Lincoln opens number 15 at the box office. Number 15? No- oh, oh, because it opened limited first week. On
3: November 9th, 2012, it opens limited its first week, 11 screens, makes $85,000 per screen. Not not too shabby. Like Let's here. go to its first wide weekend.
2: No. You want to do the limited weekend? Yes. I feel like in the past, when a movie's open on less than 100 screens, we go to the first wide
3: They're the same, for crying out loud. It's just one of them has Lincoln in it. So let's just do the other one. We can do both. Tell me who's number one.
2: Okay, so it's, what, October 2012? November 9th, 2012.
3: 2012, Number one at the box office this week makes $88 million in its first weekend. It is the 20th film in a series. Uh it is the movie Skyfall. It is the movie Skyfall. Okay. Number two is a an animated film.
2: It's an animated
3: picture. In its second weekend makes thirty three million, ninety-three total so far.
2: What does it end up at?
3: Uh it ends up at uh one eighty nine domestic. Okay, so it wasn't a
2: Pixar picture. I it? see it in
3: theaters and love it. It's my best animated film of the year, I think. Really? Yeah.
2: It's a DreamWorks? No. Did it Did it win Best Animated Film at the Oscars? No. It lost to a very inferior Pixar film. Interesting. It lost to an inferior Pixar Hugely film. Hugely inferior. What do you consider to be an inferior? Think about it, buddy. Pixar. I believe the last Pixar movie to win an Oscar. Brave? Yes. 2012. The other things about Paranorman was nominated. Mm-hmm.
3: Such a good movie. He's going to do his O thing in a minute. Ended up at 100,
2: 180,
3: is that? 189, I think. CGI? Uh, Yeah, and the sequel is coming,
2: I believe. Oh, 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 Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. I did the OOO. Love that movie. Yeah. Number three. You love Rick- We've talked about it so many times in the podcast. Jesus
3: number three is from your man, uh, a director you like, who I like too, but I think is bad now. We discussed one of his movies briefly
2: earlier. Tim Burton. Nope. Another director. Yeah. I like Tim Burton, okay? I mean, just not now. Same with this guy, I guess. keep on poo-poo in that miniseries, though.
3: Yes, I do. It's
2: a bad idea. It's a great idea. <laughs> no, it isn't. Great idea. No. Uh, okay, he's bad now. I like him a lot. I still defend him. Do I defend this movie? I don't actually know what you think of this movie. It was nominated for, I think, a couple Oscars, maybe
3: three total. Not too many, but you know, a couple of big Oscars. Uh, it's, a, it's a drama it's a grown-up drama. It's a straight
2: grown-up drama. It's
3: got some. It's got some epic stuff in it, but it's not like, uh, you know, a big, fancy blockbuster. Budget you, was thirty-one million dollars. And
2: you hate it? I don't. I've
3: never seen it. I refuse to see this movie. Oh, you're against the very idea of the movie. I know that I can't handle it.
2: I okay. can't handle this movie.
3: And what? This movie has the one thing that I really try to avoid when I'm seeing movies. Farts? No, I'm fine
2: with farts. Give me the box office again.
3: Uh, In its second week, it's making 14 mil 47 so far, and it grosses 93 total. Wow. So that's good, good performance for drama. Nominated for two Oscars, including an acting Oscar. A supporting? Lead.
2: A lead? 90.
3: From a director you like and I like, but I think maybe the shine's losing, you know, losing luster.
2: When would you say the shine, the bloom came off the road? 2000. The last movie I really liked by him was in 2000. Uh, not Ang Lee. It's not Steven Soderbergh. No. I love Steven Soderbergh. I'm thinking about people who made good movies in 2000. Sure. Not really
3: Scott. No. He uh, made two movies in 2000.
2: This director did? Yeah. So he pulled a Soderbergh the same movie that Soderbergh pulled a he Soderbergh? Did. Oh, 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 oh. It's a movie by Bobby Zemeckis. Correct. And it is called Flight. Yes. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. I don't love it. I think but there's some love, good stuff in it. You like Bobby Z. I like Bobby but Z. Flight's like. not your cup of tea. No, I think Allied's much better. I think Allied's a wonderful film. Number four is the best picture winner of that year. Uh, best picture winner of 2012 is 12 Years a Slave? No. No, that's later. That's next? Uh, what beats Lincoln, The Artist? Nope. That's
3: the previous year. Fuck. Argo? Correct.
2: Uh, fuck yourself. Argo,
3: oh, fuck yourself. Yeah. Which in its fifth week has made 85 mil on its way to 136 total. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. Good play. Good play. Number five is a sequel starring an actor we discussed who was not in Lincoln but could have been I mean, you know, he we, he was almost in Lincoln.
2: Oh, Liam Neeson taken 2? Taken 2. Okay. 4 million
3: 131 million it makes 139 is domestic.
2: Is it 2 is
0: it TOO or is it the number 2? It's the, the number,
2: number 2, two. unfortunately. The premise of Taken 2 is unbelievable and the movie drops the ball so hard but it's like the best concept for an action sequel that anyone's ever had. Uh, Yeah? Yeah. Why? Well Taken 1 is like they kidnap his daughter he yeah. has to kill a bunch of like nameless faceless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know right. like What's Taken 2? Uh, Taken 2 opens with the father of all the people he killed no, in the first right, movie. Right being like, God it's damn Rod it! It's Rod Vega and they're like, we finally found an image of the man, and he looks. And it's essentially a movie about the collateral damage of all these, like, undeveloped characters who just get killed by action heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like, they're burying, like, all his nephews and, like, sons and everything, and he looks at the picture and he's like, I'm going to find him. It's essentially retribution for all the people Liam Neeson killed trying to get retribution for his daughter in the first movie. Like, it's all the
0: guys in action movies that are just like, Oh! Ah!
2: It's, it's like, almost a movie about, like, moral gray area and how everyone's a villain to someone else. And then a, it sort of drops the ball halfway. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, bad director. Then, and, Olivia and Megaton, bad director.
3: And the next weekend, when Lincoln goes wide, it jumps to number three it does like 20 uh does 21 and then it goes uh,
2: up the following weekend.
3: Lincoln had a great run. It did 121 25 domestic and then uh, once it makes 182 domestic. It's insane. It makes for drama, that's 275 insane. worldwide
2: yeah. great great total. Like so th- I think the rights had been in Paramount for a while and Brad Grey didn't want to make it because he was like look at Amistad. Amistad like Tapped out at a pretty small number. This is you doing the same thing. It's going to be another Amistad. But, you know, it you know, got that Oscar buzz. It had Daniel D. Uh, but he talked about how he was like, he couldn't get this movie yeah, made. Yeah, they were
3: afraid it would be another Amistad. Like, yeah. literally, the producers yeah. were like, I don't want to give you more than like $40 million for this because it could be another Amistad.
2: Like, one of the five most successful dramas in the last 10 years. Linky. Uh, and so
3: the, the, other, the movies in the top 10, in the top five that week are Skyfall, Wreck Ralph, Flight. But the number one movie that week was the final film in a five film. Young Adult Saga.
2: Uh, it's why it's like a Breaking Dawn Part Two.
3: What was its opening weekend gross? Please, I ask you. I beg.
2: One hundred fifty-four. One hundred and forty-one. Yeah, you overshot. I overshot. What the fuck? Yeah, those movies uh, did very, very well. One
3: hundred and forty-one million dollars. Like it's not like Hunger Games where you could tell enthusiasm was waning by Mockingjay
2: Part Two. Like right. they start. Like that's crazy. Didn't the second one make a hundred and sixty something opening weekend? It's possible.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, uh, the, the 142 for New Moon, 141 for Breaking down Part Two, 138 for Breaking Dawn. Like they very consistent. Yeah. Eclipse weirdly opens only to 64,
2: but it was a five day. It Yeah, right, 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 right. I remember seeing uh, uh, what's the second one's New Moon? Uh, correct. I saw that midnight. That's like the real boring one. Yeah, that one fucking blows. But I saw that uh, midnight uh, opening night because I'm ride or die case Stu, and especially was at that time. Yeah. And uh, the, the level of excitement and fanaticism in that theaters it was like, it was like watching like, the Beatles play Ed Sullivan. For, f- for like three glorious years, that was the thing. When the Summit Entertainment logo came oh, up, Jesus. the logo for the studio that produced the movie, the, the applause was so thunderous and screaming. And I turned to my friend and went, I will never get that response to anything <laughs> I do in my entire <laughs> life. No one will ever be as excited. You never know about something I do as they are by the Summit Entertainment logo. Yeah, Limp Biscuit also got a round of
0: applause (laughs) like that too. Let's take it easy.
2: Anyway, that's Lincoln. He makes this film. It does crazy well. It gets a bunch of Oscar nominations. It only ends up winning two. And uh, Spielberg then goes on to decry the uh, modern state of studio filmmaking and going like, dramas don't exist anymore. They've been killed off. It's all blockbusters. Sure. He and Lucas make this joint kind of like, old man complaint even though they're the guys who created the right. blockbuster. Amen. And he's like, I can't even get movies made anymore. And it's like, you just got a $60 million budget to make a movie that made almost $200 million. Um <sighs> That's what I say to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's true. He does start to grouse. What What do you want, Ben?
0: Oh, I've got just two things before we got wrap two up. two things. Go for mm-hmm. it. Alright, so um, this movie, the thought I had was this is definitely going to be played in history classes. Yes. This is like a
2: history class movie. But right. I think it's a really good one. I, w- I was thinking that too while watching this. I was like, would I be excited if this came out in a history class and was like, oh, wow, this is better than I expected a movie I'm watching in history class to be?
0: Um, Like, I remember Glory was the one. That's yeah. what stands out in my mind. Sure, sure. I, classic I, history class. I, I,
2: yeah, this is certainly a much better movie. Yeah. I do think uh, that probably also goosed the box office. I feel like this is a movie where, like, a lot of field trips happen. Oh, sure, yeah. You know? What's the other thing? But, no, I just want to say, so... Um. With
0: that, mm-hmm. you can also play this podcast at your school or for your yes. or for your students. A hundred percent, absolutely. It's really educational. So right. maybe as like even like build it into the lesson plan. Play 100%. the movie, then play the podcast. History yeah. teachers that listen to the show.
2: And look, people have been talking a lot, asking us about when merch is going to be available. We're still working on it. We're having a lot of problem with offshore manufacturers. But Ben, there is a um like a blank check lesson plan. Like oh, there's yeah. a package you mm-hmm. can buy. Sure. It's all paper materials and then uh, cassette tapes. It comes in a, a big clamshell like Muzzy, and uh, all right, I it's, it's how up. to teach along with Blank Check, using yep. it as a yep. as an educational tool in the classroom. So look right. forward to that. Okay, last thing. I'll wrap it up quickly. Please, please.
0: Uh, I'm so hungry. Now, all right. I don't know why I came across this when I was looking in like IMDb's dumb. Oh, but like,
2: qu- quick pause before I forget. We forgot to mention that Chet Hayes is in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Is he? the scene with, with the motorcycle chase where they end up in the library of the college and they land at the desk of a kid who's working and he's uh-huh. like, uh, Professor Jones, about that question? Mm-hmm. And he gives him the note and then the joke is that like he's doing okay. homework. Okay, okay. That's Chet Hayes. Okay.
0: Well, listen, I don't know why it was in the IMDb Sorry, I'm <laughs> fucking so hungry, facts yeah. trivia thing, <laughs> sure. but it mentioned Colin Hanks and said that uh, their family is related to Lincoln. So Tom Hanks, our national treasure
3: boy, what is related to Lincoln, yeah. Well, it might not be Tom Hanks. Because it might be Colin Hanks' mother. That's all. Oh, that's... I have no idea. No, it says, it, says it says Tom it Hanks. It does says This says Tom Hanks.
0: Okay. It says Tom Hanks. It's just funny that he's you related like to Colin Lincoln's... Hanks. Yep. He's
3: related to Lincoln's mother. Yes. His yeah. mother, Nancy Hanks, is related to Lincoln distantly. And uh, that's cool.
2: That's very cool. Uh,
0: so that's my history lesson. And again, that would be in the lesson plan.
2: Yeah. Well... That so has been our episode on Lincoln. Uh-huh. Uh, tune in next week when we're discussing Bridge of o Spies. Oh. More like
3: great movie. I'm so excited. More like
2: the best fucking movie. It's the best fucking Spoiler
3: movie. Spoiler alert, I already watched Bridge of Spies, uh, and it's the best. I
2: just bought the blue the other day. Can't Ugh. wait to spin that. Bought this. it on
3: iTunes, but uh, so good.
2: Well, I got the blue so I could also get that digital copy. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> get you a purchase that so can saying. do both. Yes, I know. I just, but I needed that Bridge of Spies right now. I was yeah. like. Yeah, but I want to be able to look at that plastic case. I want that Amray case, you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, but I want it every time I open my Apple TV to see Tom Hanks's
2: face in surrounded by the American and Soviet flags. Look, you're making it sound you're making a sound argument and this is the whole point of Bridge of Spies. It's the gray area of morality. It's which which is the better purchase for how to own Bridge of Spies in your collection, physically or digitally. Who knows? Things are not this black and white. We will discuss that film next week. I'm very excited. David's very excited. Ben I'm is really checking excited. his phone um thank you all for listening yep. please remember to rate review subscribe check out the reddit backslash r backslash blankies um and and as always uh-huh. now 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 it's now 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 it got a little better right